We're rolling. Welcome back, everyone. Hello. Where'd you been? Episode 98 of the Jiu-Jitsu Dummies Podcast. Brought to you by Black Belt Digital Marketing. Anything that you need to build your business on or offline, website design, Google Ads, graphic design, printing, we can help. Check us out at Black Belt Digital Marketing on Instagram or our website, bbdigitalmarketing.com. You can request a free review of your entire online presence today. My name is Milton Campus. I'm a three-stripe brown belt. Congratulations, sir. Thank you very much. Do I have to update the call out then? Yeah, uh, yeah and you have to yeah. update my little guy, oh, my little caricature. We got to get yeah. some Another stripes on him. On you have the one. You just got to get the yeah. one that has the one on it. And then put the other yeah, I just two. Have to multiply. You had given it to me before, the purple yeah. belt to brown. It had yeah. a stripe. Yeah. yeah, you can fix it. You know what you got to do. Thank you. Yeah. Um, Mo behind the camera. Hola, Miguel riding shotgun. What's up, everybody? Shout out to our booking manager, Britt. What up, Britt? Doing lucha what libre it? stuff. On the Don't Instagram. forget to like, comment, share. Click that subscribe button. Uh, get the little notifications. Click that little bell. Click uh, get the notifications. Do everything on on YouTube. And uh, you'll Instagram. find out or you'll get a notification when we launch a, an episode or a video. I really alert. appreciate the support. Uh, so, yeah. So, we're back to doing stripes. <laughs> yeah. It was very weird. It happens. Our prof- the it professor happens. wasn't there, but the our professors and coaches were there. Uh-huh. I guess they got the okay to do it. And uh, we haven't done stripes for a really long time. The last time I got a stripe was one stripe. Again, he had done a caricature of me in, in the gi. Yeah. Um, that I had one stripe on my purple belt. That was the last time yeah. I, I got a stripe. That then many, you got a brown belt. Ago. Then I got a brown belt. And, and uh, now you got, they gave you three stripes at once. They gave me three stripes Did at you once. Did you know you were going to get like, three? Is there some confusion here? Or is he just putting them on? And you, so the first one got put on, you're like, sweet. And then he goes so, for round two, and you're like, whoa, what's going on? Uh, one professor asked the other professor, one Esteban had the clipboard with all the tape already ready yeah. to go. Very uh, efficient. I'm not surprised. <laughs> I'm not surprised and, at all. Uh, and uh, Professor said, how many stripes? And he said, three. And I went, Trace. I looked at him like, what? And I'm like, he smiled. He kept, Esteban kept on looking at me and smiling mm-hmm. while they were calling it. Like, I was like, maybe the third one, but he called up a few people. Yeah. But he kept on looking at me, smiling. I'm like, why is he smiling? I saw Ray I'm like, got going? some stripes. I'm like, they're not give, I, I, I'm not due for a black belt. But he was smiling at me like yeah. he knew something. And then he gave me the three. How many three. stripes did Ray get? So Ray got, so the funny thing, Ray went before me. He got two. two we stripes. talked about it. For you, those of you who don't know, Ray is a training partner. Awesome dude. All uh, around. He's a great friend, awesome, great training partner. And uh, he and I actually got promoted on the same day. Yeah. Uh, brown belts on, on the same day. Yeah. And. And stripes on the same day. They got the stripes. He They give him two stripes. And then right after call me up, I yeah. get three. And then later they said, wait a minute, like, weren't you guys, like, it should have been, you guys should be on the same course. And they that went, was, they asked me, like, hey, when did he, I said, I know, we got our, I don't know when, I don't know the exact date, but we got our, our belts on the same day. Yeah. So they wound up giving him another stripe. And I was like, no, 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 because then I, you know, I can't line, now I got to, yeah. how do we line up? I yeah. want him to be a two-stripe <laughs> two yeah. so that he has to line up to the left of me. But I'm officially, I was promoted before him. Yeah, so I am he's a all- ranking three stripe brown belt. Yeah, but he, he's been doing. I think I think he's been doing jujitsu since like. Yeah, he's been around way longer. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You think yeah. you get an extra stripe for having the podcast? Maybe. No. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> because maybe you're 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 you're, you're like spreading taking, the word. Yeah, you're taking you're taking jujitsu outside of the gym. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know, we talk about it a lot. 
about like people that are like, oh, I don't deserve this or like I'm not ready. Yeah. I, I was surprised. But again, I'm not so worried about the belts, but there was that little like, wow, you're that much closer mm-hmm. to black belt and me in the car ride home going. I really need to get my shit together even more than ever. It was a wake up call. I mean, I'm ready on a good weight loss program. So I'm like, I'm not going to be, I, I, I saw my picture in the brow belt and I'm like, yeah, you're still pretty heavy there, buddy. Yeah. So I'm like, uh, so just like a re, uh, you know, we talked about like not doing stripes and, and how uh, for the kids it's motivational. Mm-hmm. It's, I think it's motivational for the adults. I mean, it, it turned, you know, I was training, I've been training a lot and training hard. There was a little something that a little switch that got flipped. Yeah. And I said, Oh, like shit's getting real. Like, you know. You have a responsibility. You have something to uphold. I, I, I feel that. I see I that. I feel that. You know, yeah. Between this and and you know, training. Yeah. Um yeah, it was it was fun. It was weird and wanted to across, take it too seriously. I'm across but, the street from you. What's in that? terms of thought. Oh, I yeah. see I see what you're saying, but I, I I'm 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 happy. Thank you to my coaches and um Congratulations. You know, time to, time to. Did uh, everybody clap? Yeah. For you, like, do you feel like they meant it? <laughs> <laughs> or, were they mean, just do, or were they just going through the motions? I, I ho- hopefully they meant uh, it. I sometimes, meant sometimes, there's a, sometimes there's they're a pop. You know nice. what I mean? They're just being what nice. Sometimes there's a pop. Sometimes certain people get promoted and there's, they get a different clap. You know what I mean? No, I don't. You what don't? Do you okay. I feel what do you mean? Like, like they don't deserve it clap? No, 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 no. It's like, just, oh, it's shit. never, it's Going never, a, it's, clap? Nev- it's never a not deserve it. It's never negative. It's, it's always good or better. Oh, you know what I mean? Sometimes some people get promoted and the guy before got, everybody got the clap in oh. and out. But then the next person you, you might get a wow, couple. Wow, you're really going to make me. You get a couple of like, <laughs> yeah, hey, um, you get some of those. I think, you know, we have a lot of new people hey, man, and we're younger going into belts. This. I mean, when you want to talk about stripes, I want to talk about it. I I don't, I can't say that I remember the decibel level. I wasn't the closest thing. Uh, I was, I was happy to be called and, and get a couple of stripes more, more Have you ever seen somebody get promoted and just go like, nah, what do you mean? Have you like, ever been, no, have you, I don't I, want it. No, have you ever? No, no. no like they, somebody they else. Don't deserve you don't deserve. It. You, you think that's that's a very yeah, that's a very I unhealthy. Say it's, it's, that's it's, a very unhealthy it, thought. But it's like sometimes it's a thought. I feel that like if, if you have to be objective about everything. I think in jujitsu, especially. I think that it's the same group of people. It's probably the same people that are usually negative if it's not them. Yeah. Um, I've never. I even. I, Mauricio I love it. made a Mauricio. I think got a couple of stripes he as well. Did. I love Mauricio. I think he got two stripes on on his purple belt. And uh, he made a comment. Um, I, 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 I actually shouldn't really go because I don't want to. I don't want to call anybody out. But, <laughs> like, you have those conversations. Yeah, like, but, but so and so is going to be you, jealous. You, you have to. You have to know Mauricio. And anything can happen, dude. Like, if if like a car tire rolls somewhere a different way, he'll have a comment about it. Yeah. that's just him. You know. But, uh, I don't think he let me just know. say, I love that. He's, let, he's let, got a great sense of humor. Let me just say, I'm I'm super. Um, humbled by getting three strike, like to get mm-hmm. three strike. You're not doing them, so you. I was humbled by it. Um, again, it does really feel like, oh, like, wow, you're that much closer. Like you're a brown belt. Like it's like okay, got a few years. Now it's just like, oh wow, this is coming yeah. soon. If, if you continue, you know, training and 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 hopefully leveling up. Uh, I think like any belt though, like. There's that little like, ooh, like more responsibility each time. And like, you and you say it. You've talked about it. Mm-hmm. Just because you got a blue belt doesn't mean you know everything a blue belt knows. Yeah, it's just, yeah, no. You are good enough now to be a blue belt yeah. or whatever it is. Um, I'm good get. enough to to get myself hurt again. 
All right, man, get after it. Congratulations. <laughs> uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay, so joining us today is Professor Mike Jeremillo. You know where he's from? Yeah, he's from Queens. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think most people are getting to know him, uh, if they didn't already know him from, from uh, Henzo Gracie HQ, is the Happy Pill Project, uh-huh. which we'll have him go into. But if you're not following it, is at the Happy Pill Project yeah. on Instagram. Check it out. It's amazing. After you listen to the he's, episode. Also, I was just joking. He's John yeah. Danaher's first black belt. He, yes, he is. He's on the interwebs. Amazing. Uh, I think yeah. that uh, he is uh, very... Uh, you'll see if you watch his stuff that you you could tell he's a Danaher black belt. Put it that way. And you could also tell he's got a, a big heart for the sport of jiu-jitsu. Yeah, he's, uh, I, I, I've said this uh, a few times. He's got a very calming personality. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I, I like somebody, like he very much explains every move. Again, Dan- Danaher-esque, he, he explains things in the in the consumable bits that I like to learn jiu-jitsu. And not like from the beginning, but like I love to to hear things or to come across things that make something I do better. Yeah, I like to learn new moves like yeah. everybody. But when I say, when I see or hear something and it's like, Oh, that's what I'm doing wrong, or that will make that better, that choke tighter, that sweep easier. I love seeing that stuff. Like right now, he's got something out um, where he talks about like how to uh, arm drag, to, uh, arm drag, and like I think everyone would arm drag with one hand, and he's kind of showing you how to grab the Sticky, hand. Sticky, yeah, the other. and then you you pull with the elbow out, yeah. Not so much. Not you'll, you'll you'll go on go on, and it's it's part of his recent series okay. that he's going over. But it, it is really amazing, and again, it's one of those things It's like, oh, wow, I'm not, again, love my coaches. It's just mm-hmm. this is a detail that someone else gave me that now I feel like will make my game better. And when I'm watching his stuff, yeah, that's what I, I'm pulling from it. It's very, for me, reminiscent of Scully, of Jason Scully. Which you've talked um, about, yeah. Um, I know it sounds like a broken record with him, but I still I wake up on Saturday to go to Open Mat, and I put on his channel, and I have my coffee and, and maybe a banana, depending on what I'm doing. And I throw it on, and it's like I'll just catch one little move. Oh, I'm gonna try that today. Or oh my god, I didn't even realize. You know, 55, you know, lapel chokes in five minutes, and you're not gonna, you know, register like you're not doing all 55 that day. So I love that. So I I, I love those consumable bits, small little bits that I get to take my game in, and I feel like elevated a little bit. Um, so we'll we'll uh, we'll have uh, Mike join us in just a few minutes. Uh, a couple of quick shout outs. Um. Thank you to our friends over at Flow and Roll. What uh, up, hands John? down, the best custom gi and no gi gear in the business. Don't believe us. Visit them on Instagram at flow underscore and underscore roll. Check out their custom gis mm-hmm. uh, or all their custom designs. And, uh, you know, again, yep. they're working with academies all over the country. They do this uh, this pre-order program. Yep. Go to their Instagram. Uh, reach out. It's flowandroll at Gmail. You can, you can send Sean a, an email. DM, if you own whatever. a gym, if you start, if you're starting a gym, you own it, or you own a gym, you know the cost that goes into getting your gear. Sean has a way to get you your gear with very little money out of pocket. It's not some weird scam. He just does like a pre-order program where your students and you could order your stuff online, and then essentially it's those new, monies new, pay for that that, that money that you would have, have used to buy your five, ten, fifteen thousand dollars worth yeah. of gear for the year that you have to get. Right, yeah. so. Go check them out. Again, it's at flow underscore N underscore roll on Instagram. Their website is flow and roll, the letter N, flow and roll.com. Get 20% off 
of your internet order, not your custom stuff, get 20% off with code JJD. I'm sorry, you started to say something and I interrupted you to finish that off. Oh, oh no, I, you, was, okay. <laughs> I was just saying I wore my Flow and Roll Gi the other day. It's great. Yeah, man, it's, uh, it's the only one I wear. Is it the only one? It's the only one. I wear nice. it, wash it, wear it, wash it, wear it, wash it. Nice. It's the most comfortable. I love it. Uh, thank you to the BJJ Box. We're going to uh, keep their shout-out short here because we're going to do a quick unboxing. Uh, you'll check it out in the middle of the episode. They are Jiu-Jitsu's favorite monthly subscription box. Again, we'll talk about them a little bit more later. We'll give them a proper shout-out. Thank you to Neutral Zone Clean. Check them out at NeutralZoneClean.com and at NeutralZoneClean on Instagram. Uh, Miguel's pointing at the big yeah, bucket. Don't be a cochino, bro. Uh, you can check them out at those handles on Instagram and Facebook. Yeah. Uh, this is not Neutral Zone CBD. This is Neutral Zone Clean. These are hygiene products. This is about being clean on the mats, off the mats. training, off the mats in your personal life. I, I always Some say I carry a canister. Showers. I carry you know? a canister in the car. I spray myself down after training with I left that this, spray. I left this in the I locker spray room. I spray myself down. I have a towel. I wet myself down, and I can go home. Um, sometimes I don't get into the shower right away, or I want to have a protein shake or do something. Yeah. I'm not in the shower, and I feel like I've at least cleaned. I call them the yuckies. Like yeah. I, I've cleaned the staff off before I even get in the car I, to go I just, home. I'd like to be my broken record. If you're if you're a gym owner, um, you know, I feel like you owe it to your students to provide amenities. Sometimes you know you're you're not only teaching them the art, but like a lot of them have kids. You know, right you, there, adults, if you, kids. If you, you own know. a gym, that is twelve hundred wipes right there. Yep. Um, you can get a refill, keep them wet if they're around for a, a really long time. Yeah. But twelve hundred wipes. They're doing a special. Uh, it's ninety nine dollars. This is normally one oh nine. One oh nine ninety nine. Use code JJD gift right to get ten dollars and ninety nine cents off plus free, free shipping. shipping. Yep. Gotcha. And if you order anything else, they'll put it in the same box so you won't have to pay for the shipping. Um, the code is good just on the bucket, right? If, you know, so you can't use two coupon codes, that, right? So you're going to use JJD gift, use it on the bucket. If you have anything else to order, I think the free shipping would be just as much as getting the, know, the, the, uh, the, the 25 or the, we have 15% 15. off with code JJD if you're ordering any other products. So, got to do some math. So again, check 15% off with JJD gift. Ten ninety nine off with JJD gift. Okay, gotcha. All right. Um, shout out to to Mike and Candy as well. Um, Nutrizone CBD has been with us for quite some time now. No matter if your aches and pains are coming from lifting weights at the gym, rolling on the mats, or just the daily grind of life, right, Nutrizone right. has a product for you. Find your Nutrizone by finding the best CBD products for your pain wellness, so you can continue your active lifestyle. You know, I said that roll on there right now. I'm getting I'm getting low on the one I have at home. Probably gonna have to switch it out. Little switch Rooney. That's my favorite. That's yeah. the one. I you know that I usually have it yeah. here. I thought um, you were sweaty the other day. I'm not. Yeah, yeah. I, I put it on before the show. You're like, no, why are you sweating? And it's like, no, I nah, put bro. it on before the episode. And uh, I you were just it. trying to find your neutral zone. My hours at the desk have been reduced, so I don't. I'm not getting as much back pain and neck pain. Um, also, it helps. Also, I take other CBD products, and um, yeah, I mean, I I know that it helps me. Oh, it one hundred percent helps. It's definitely. I've got you know. We could talk about the you know the other. Pro- that's my go to right now. Mm-hmm. That and taking the tincture at night. So, um, again, go JJD. You get twenty five percent off at NeutralZoneCBD.com. 
and the handle is at my neutral zone for neutral zone CBD. That's right. Okay. All right. Let's do this. We're going to get to it. Yep. Let's get We're to gonna it. We're going to get uh, Professor Jeremy Lou in here. Let's Alrighty. do it, Bo. Do, 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 do. Welcome, Professor. How are you, sir? Thank you for having me. I'm doing well. <laughs> Thank hey. you for doing this. We really appreciate it. Like we just said before we started to shoot, I've been watching your stuff. Uh, the Happy Pill Project is where I found you. And then I started following you, and uh, and I told my booking manager, Brett, I said, we'd love to have him on, reach out. And uh, that was just a couple of weeks ago when you're here. So thank you. Yeah, yeah. No, I appreciate being here. Anybody that promotes BJJ, I'm all for. So you guys spreading what this is and the yeah. sport, I'm all for supporting that. Absolutely. Thank you. Good. Thank you. We appreciate it. We, yeah. uh, we're trying. The algorithm put us together. I didn't, <laughs> I, I've, I've seen you. You know, I'm, I'm at a Henzo affiliate school. Um, so I look up Henzo stuff. I follow I follow that academy as well on yeah. on Instagram. So it's like I've known of you, but now I get to meet you. So it's cool. It's like you're I've seen a ton of your videos and your reels and your spiels, all of it. Just it oh, comes it, it comes much. to me. So so for those that don't know, if you don't we'll kind of dive right in with um what is the Happy Pill Project? Where did that come from? How long ago did that start? Give us a little intro, if you don't mind, on, on that side of things. Sure. Um, it goes back a bunch of years, but let's fast forward to what happened during COVID. What I found was that, uh, actually, I'd like to start off with a different story. I, one of the most senior guys at the Henzo Gracie Academy is this gentleman uh, named Gino um, Onaldi. And uh, Years ago, I went to an event and there was a shirt that said uh, BJJ saves lives. And what they meant, most people, when they see that and they uh, have an interpretation that um, somehow in a self-defense aspect. Mm -hmm. um, but the two of us looked at it and I said to him, I said, boy, that sure doesn't mean that to me. And he said, me too. And we both knew exactly at that moment what we both meant that mentally BJJ has this beautiful effect on people mm -hmm. and it saves lives in that manner. And I fast forward now to the present day. And um, during COVID, I probably had about 40 to 50 people come to me and say to me, uh, Professor, um, you know, if I didn't have BJJ, man, I don't know where I'd be right now. And that's all from the so anxiety of the virus and where this all was going. There was so much unknown in the economy. And I had so many people say that. And, it, and I always heard the same um, thing over and over is like, man, it was like my happy pill. Um, and then um, some other things happened along the way. Um, there was a young man and there was another young man that uh, overdosed on fentanyl. Um, about two weeks ago, a different young man, it was one of my students overdosed on fentanyl. What happened? He had an accident. Um, I don't want to say his name, but he had an accident and then he got hooked on these opiates um, and he couldn't do BJJ. And now he overdosed last Monday, it was two weeks ago. And I said to my friend, I, a different friend that spoke to him, and I said, hey, did, uh, did you suspect anything? And he said, yeah, he kind of told me he got hooked on these uh, painkillers. And I said, why well, couldn't get off of them? He said, yeah, he was getting off of them, but he couldn't kick them because the one thing that he was able to do that kind of gave him a sanctuary and uh, peace in his life and stuff was BJJ, and he wasn't able to do it. And he said, man, this... Uh, it was like it was missing. And I understood it was like the same thing consistently of like BJJ is this happy pill. And over the course of the last couple of years, um, there were two different times I was doing a seminar where these young men came up to me 
And this is before the puppy pills, happy pills started. And they were telling me how they were suicidal. And there were a couple of times where they tried to, they tried to commit suicide. Um, luckily that never happened. That didn't uh, follow through. And, uh, and with their families um, did somehow they found BJJ and with BJJ it gave them kind of a purpose. And, uh, and those two young men are now in college and, um, and their families have situated them near BJJ schools Smart. that allow them to do BJJ daily. Um, they go to class, they have a dorm room and everything, but BJJ, the same, same exact line is like, man, BJJ is my happy pill. And I appreciate what, you know, you, you being here and stuff and all that. I appreciate them. And that's how it came about is that um, I, I, I don't, I know there's a tons of DVDs out there right now with all these instructionals and there's YouTube and everything. What I was trying to do is create like this, like uh, if you watch the happy pill, it's almost like a running soap opera where I'm like explaining, like I leave where I left off, what the reactions are of your opponent, what your angles should mean or not mean. Like, so I try to describe it. Not, I, I think people should use DVDs and then pair it with this. So like the happy pill for me was, uh, and it was a small group of us that uh, came up with the name that are really supportive of the program. And what it is, is like, uh, it's, it's like, if you couldn't do BJJ, hopefully you can log into the YouTube channel and watch it. It's all for free. And you can see like all these different outcomes and what you should be looking for. And, and, and more than just a move, because a move you can look at, you can look at, arm bars on YouTube and literally find a thousand different arm bars, but it's more than that. I want it to be like this, like what happens after this and what's the reaction of this angle. And, and if this angle changes three inches, what do I do from there? So I try to like, really like to explain it with deep detail. There's days on the happy pill that you'll have, I'll have, I'll like uh, have them do drills and things that people from home, or if a person potentially can't do BJJ and they're by themselves, that they can watch the happy pill. And for maybe, maybe that somehow that day when they watch it, it's their happy pill. Yeah. And, and that's what it is. I hope that, I that's the number one. That That's awesome. And I've been in that place where I couldn't do jujitsu. Um, we were doing the podcast. So we, we had the, through, through the, through COVID, we had the podcast. We started a year before COVID and, that was the thing. The one thing that was consistent for me was the podcast. And even when I couldn't train jujitsu, talking about it was a great outlet being around the camaraderie. We always had like three or four guys that come to my house. We had, you know, we had a different setup back then and we would, uh, you know, just sit around and talk about jujitsu. Even, uh, we didn't always have a guest back then. It was in the beginning. It was like round tables of just people that I trained with. And we'd just talk about jujitsu. Uh, COVID forced us into like, okay, we're going to have to do it by zoom. My wife didn't want a million people in the house. We had just started to get the occasional guest, and then it turned into more of what it is today, which is a lot of Zoom stuff, which we love. And then if somebody's in Florida or local, we we get them to come in. Uh, so that for me, I I that resonates with me because again, it was obviously for all of us. A lot of people didn't have that outlet. Yeah, you might be able to listen to a podcast, but doing it, talking, being able to get together with my friends and training partners, even when we weren't supposed to be, you know, training. Uh, I guess podcasts are considered like a news outlet. So, you, yeah. you know, that's why Rogan was able to get away with continuing Essent to record, right? Essential. Yeah. So it was essential. And then uh, the, the second thing that I was going to say is when I, I love the way that you teach, number one, I don't know if you know, you have a very calming voice. 
So when, when you're teaching, it's, it's, you're teaching things the way that I like to, to learn them for, it's for me. Um, the way that you go over where everything is supposed, this hand is supposed to be here and this foot would be here. I don't know that every coach trains like that, or, you know, they're not recording themselves. So the details that you go over, I like to watch videos that help me with like, especially my current game. Okay. This is my game. Oh, wow. That's going to really help with something that I do. So I love when I encounter something that's going to make something that I already know better. So, and again, just the way you teach is the way that I like to learn. So I know that's why it resonates with me and why I started following you guys. Nice. Thank you very much. Yeah. If, if I, I, yeah. I was going to say, I was going to say if anything from all of this that's missing is that sometimes that pill is hard to swallow. <laughs> In what way? What do you mean? Man, you get steamrolled sometimes, oh, bro, yeah. and it yeah, sucks. But then it's hard to swallow, but you still get the effects <laughs> of the happy pill. After it's, you get murdered in yeah. training, you're still happy afterwards. It's a hard pill to swallow sometimes. Go ahead, Professor. I think. Did you have a question for us? Were you asking a, a question? Yeah, I actually do. Um, I, you started, I was curious to know your journey and how you found BJJ. Uh, me personally, so uh, grew up uh, a boxing fan. Uh, my dad was fanatical, still is huge boxing fan. Uh, he was never a boxer, never trained in any martial arts, but I was a cop and, uh, just loved boxing. Uh, we used to get together from like just friends and family. People come over every, as far back as I can remember. We're talking back to, you know, uh, wide world of sports, Saturday, Sunday afternoons in the parking lot of Vegas, you know, Sugar Ray Leonard, Sweet Pea Whitaker, like those days. That's when I was a kid and I was watching with my dad. Uh, fast forward, uh, that was New York. We moved to Florida. Uh, I, as an adult, separately, we moved to Florida. Uh, then my my adult friends, you know, were they, we started getting together. So it was like my dad and his retired cop friends and me and my buddies would get together and watch boxing. Those buddies that I had got me into watching the UFC. The, you haven't seen this? You got to see it. You've never heard of UFC? I'm like, I've heard of cage fighting. It was, uh, I, I think I watched Tito Ortiz defend his title. I was hooked. I was hooked from then. And I had always, since a teenager, I got into a fight when I was 16, and I always had a punching bag somewhere in the house, hanging on a tree outside when I uh, grew up in, uh, you know, uh, early teens or late teens to early 20s. I'd have a, a boxing, uh, I'd have the Everlast setup, the one that you can like just kind of slide into. Or, it takes up a lot of space, but it was just a, 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 a rack. And I'd have that in never, I'd never had a dining room table as a young man. It was always, my dining room was, had, uh, you know, a, a, a boxing bag, a, an Everlast hanging. Uh, so I kind of just started to like self-taught myself how to not just box, but like kickbox. And then that's like started watching YouTube videos and I'd watch foot placement. And I, and I just kind of taught myself how to kickbox a little bit, not the, the best kickboxer in the world, but I just, just watched and learned. And then. A buddy, uh, my wife's family friend opened up a jiu-jitsu gym and I own a marketing company. We traded marketing services for coaching. I never paid him a dime. I was with him for two years. I did his website, did some of his marketing, was helping train even as a white belt, you know, new school. He uh, he was in law enforcement. He might sometimes, uh, like uh, he was uh, internal affairs for the Homeland Security. Actually, he started out at NYPD, but wound up at Homeland Security and Internal Affairs. So sometimes he was on stakeouts. He's like, you got to open the gym for me. His wife might come, but I, I'm, I'm at White Belt doing the kids class, uh, training like I was his first student. So training the people, you know, the White Belts that came in behind me. And and that's where it's, so I, I fell in love day one. I, day one, training with him. I remember him saying, uh, 
so what do you know about jujitsu? I go, I watch a lot of UFC. I kind of feel like I, I know, <laughs> I know a little bit like an idiot. That's and good, uh, I did wrestle a little bit in, in junior high, just a couple of years. So I thought I, I'm like, I could take care of myself a little bit here on the ground. And, uh, he just started, you know, moving me around and I'm just like, he was sweeping me and I was just like, like teach me more. And I was just like a sponge ever since, uh, sick right away. It was uh, six days a week, Monday through Friday, two hours a day, open mat on Saturday. Sunday was my only day off. My wife, girlfriend at the time hated it, which we talk a lot about on the podcast. She hated it. She's like, really? Every day, two hours a day. And if I had to open for him, it was 5.30. School opened at 5.30, kids class, adult class, two adult classes, beginner and advanced. And uh, she's like, really? It's like five hours. You know, you got to clean the match, lock up. Five hours, Milton, really? And uh, it, I, I just kept on training like that. <laughs> I didn't really mm-hmm. stop. She kind of knew if she wanted to be with me, this is what it was going to be. And uh, here we are. Uh, eight and a half, close to nine years later. Um, Milton, is he still there? Um, is he still there, the coach? No, he closed after two years. Okay. Uh, and, you know, he's just it was very hard. He had his full time. You know, he was, again, law enforcement full time. It was very difficult for him to keep the school open. A lot of that was happening where he couldn't get there in time. And, you know, he wasn't really able to grow the school because he wasn't. He, you got to put in that kind of daytime investment. You got to be there for people to come in and check you out or talk to you about your classes. And it was just like 530 doors open training. There was never enough time to do for him to really, really market. I was helping him with his marketing, but I wasn't there talking to parents or people that were coming in off the street. Uh, so he wound up closing after two years. And then I moved to fight sports in, uh, in Coral Springs, Florida, which was literally they, they both schools were close to me. I, it took me one minute, one full minute to get in my car and drive to the school. That's how close it was. No Everyone would say, why don't you walk? And I was just like, you know, it's kind of Florida. You drive everywhere. Uh, but uh, always well, carry a big gym you. bag. So I so literally a minute away, it was closer. I went there and I, I just fell in love with, you know, it's a husband and wife team, Felipe and his wife, Sofia Amarante. Uh, she's a world champ. She just did she won uh, worlds. Uh, she won masters. No gi. No gi. Well, she, uh, won, she won masters. Masters. Yep. And, Masters Worlds, yeah. and then now the recent Nogi. I don't know if she competed in I, that. I don't Did know she? if she competed. I know she's going to do the European. No, it was uh, uh, Kai that was competing there. Oh, I think. Okay, all right, that's what it is. Yeah. So, so anyway, again, um, fell in love with it, and uh, like I said, I, I mentioned to you before, I got I'm uh, leveled up a little bit. We don't normally do stripes at my school. He dropped that years ago. We have some new coaches. I think that kind of pushed him to like start doing. We did we do stripes for the kids, but they weren't doing them for the adults. And uh, last night, uh, out of nowhere, uh, my coach is actually away. The owner of the school, he's actually away. But the coaches actually gave out stripes last night. So hey. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a three-stripe brown belt. Congratulations. Congratulations. So, uh, so super excited. A little closer to the to yeah. the next stage. And the stage is never end. They just Yeah. I, I was... Uh, I, now it'll be 10 years I told before Miguel before, <laughs> I feel... I walked out of there like... Oh shit! I really need to up my game now. Like this is this is getting real. Not that I wasn't trying hard in training. I've come off some injuries: the knee, a groin injury, shoulders. You know, like tried to train whenever I could, and now I'm like, okay, now this like shit's getting real. Yeah. <laughs> What's that meme from like Napoleon? Is it Napoleon Dynamite that says like? Uh, we're pretty serious. Yeah, he goes. I think things serious. are getting pretty serious. Like you said, then, you, you could say it's serious. The jujitsu meme is like just got a stripe on That's, my white belt. I guess you bottom. could say things are getting really uh, getting real. 
That's the way I felt last night. Like, yeah, man, I got to continue I got some, to drop weight, work out, get to the gym as much as possible. I got, I I got some it. electrical tape, so things are getting pretty serious. <laughs> yeah, it's stuff like that. So that's my journey, Professor. Thank you to Feito IT and AV, specializing in commercial and residential automation, security cameras, CCTV, POS, and more. Check them out at feitoitav.com or call 305-428-2515 and let them know the dummy sent you. Thank you to Neutral Zone CBD, a combat family-owned company that supports athletes and the people who love them. Neutral Zone strives to deliver clean CBD products for sports recovery in gummies, lotions, balms, roll-ons, and more. After a competition, a hard rolling session, or a tough day on the job, Neutral Zone has a product designed to help you reduce inflammation, increase cell rejuvenation, and may even help with aging joints. Visit NeutralZoneCBD.com and get 25% off your order with code JJD. And follow them on Instagram, too, at MyNeutralZone. Jiu-Jitsu's favorite monthly subscription box has now joined the Jiu-Jitsu Dummies podcast. The BJJ box is delivered to your door filled with premium jiu-jitsu and grappling apparel, equipment, supplements, supplies, snacks, and more. The crew at the BJJ box find the best in the world of jiu-jitsu and guarantee every box to be worth more than the cost. Each box includes four to seven items you're going to love. Visit thebjjbox.com and use code JJD10 to get $10 off your very first box. And give them a follow on Instagram at TheBJJBox. Neutral Zone is combat family owned, so they know you need to keep yourself and your equipment clean. They created Neutral Zone clean wipes and sprays for just that purpose. Neutral Zone products are formulated to reduce the risk of bacterial and fungal infections. Whatever's making you sweat, weight training, rolling on the mats, yard work, or just working around the house, Neutral Zone clean wipes and sprays can make you feel and smell refreshed. Use code JJD to get 15% off your online order at NeutralZoneClean.com. While you're there, sign up for their newsletter to receive the latest info and updates on product launches like their new shower gel and soap bar coming soon. Are you neutral zone clean? Special thank you to the crew over at Flow and Roll for all their support. Flow and Roll is renowned for their incredible nogi rash guards, shorts, and leggings. Flow and Roll has quickly become the premier custom apparel provider for academies big and small throughout the United States. Reach out today to discuss your custom order and ask about their incredible pre-order program. You can send an email to flowenroll at gmail.com or visit their Instagram at flow underscore n underscore roll and shoot them a direct message. And yes, they can create an awesome custom gi for your academy as well. Visit flowenroll.com to check out their awesome designs and while you're there, pick up a Jiu-Jitsu Dummy signature tee exclusively at flowenroll.com. And remember, you'll get 20% off your purchase of t-shirts, rash guards, or gis with code JJD. Are both of you avid gi players or do you preference no gi or? My school is primarily gi. We only okay. do no gi on Saturdays. Our open mat is our no gi. Um, okay. Only because they haven't had enough people come during the week. Uh, we have a lot of older guys, so we haven't had a lot of people that have gone to like no gi classes to to warrant, you know, keeping uh, keeping them going. But I should actually say in just the last couple of weeks, we have a new coach that was hired. Uh, he's from the fight sports system and okay. he is really, really pushing for, we, we've really started to do more competitions. Uh, our girls, we have a girls team that's like kicking ass, winning gold everywhere. 
and uh, he's been pushing, and now we actually do adults class at 7.30. We normally just did an adults class at 7.30, 7.30 to 8.30, and now there is a competition class, a no-gi competition class at 8.30. So it's great. We're, we're kind of, uh, I don't want to say catching up in that regard, but we are now the classes are available where it was only available on Saturdays for a very long time. So I... I go to the Saturday no-gi. We do, we're seven days a week. They're open seven days a week. There are two open mats on, uh, on you know, Saturday and Sunday. And uh, I definitely, I because I'm not getting no-gi during the week, I always get to the, at very least, the, the no-gi Saturday open mat. So I have a couple of questions. I, and I'm sure that you've uh, interviewed a lot of people. Um, and so you've had a lot of different perspectives on things. What is your perspective? Because you're not playing no-gi that much. And the stylistic game and um, and your grips, like I, I know that's pretty general, mm-hmm. um, but it is a very different game. Um, so I was just curious of what your take is on it, because one is not more than one. You're playing gi a lot more than no gi. I was just curious of what yeah. your take. Um, so can I say something yeah, real quick? So, like, answer it as well. so okay. the, 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 in my school, it's a 50, 50 split. If anything, I would say 60, 40 leaning towards no gi. And to answer uh, the second question, in my school, even during the gi classes, the coach takes the time to explain the grip with the gi. And during during the gi class, explain the grip uh, with the no gi, or even if you should attempt that grip, like let's say you're in a De La Hiva, uh, you know, an escape from a De La Hiva guard when they're holding the back of your ankle. And no gi is to merely step to the side where your toes are pointing away from the palm of the hand and step out in that direction. And it goes straight into a Toriando, but he's like, if you're doing, you're in the gi, you're doing this. Don't do that move. And he'll explain that during the gi class. Yeah. And then he'll do the reverse in the no gi class. Yeah. And I just want to also add, I like that my coach doesn't treat everybody like they're dumb. Like he has no problem explaining a high level move, even to a beginner Mm -hmm. because it prompts questions. And then everybody kind of mentally elevates themselves in the game right off the mm-hmm. jump. He like, doesn't just like dumb it down. Yeah. He'll dumb it down for you. If he sees you doing it wrong, like live. Yeah. But like teaching it, I just, I just want to add that one caveat that yeah. I like that he, he goes ahead and gives you a really good, well thought out explanation at a high level. For, for me, uh, it's actually funny that, um, I kind of feel like I have weak fingers. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I don't really get when I'm, even when I'm trading gi, I've, I've actually said there's two parts of this really. I love the gi. I had a heart attack a couple of years ago. Uh, attack, well, it's actually like four or five years ago now. I had a heart attack a few years ago. So my cardio isn't what it used to be from before that. Um, okay. Four stints, you know, I, I can definitely feel my heart. Beats good, thank you. Thank you. I'm trying. I, I'm trying, man. I'm trying. Well, it's good no, I meant before the stints. Oh, okay. <laughs> Usually everything that tastes great is bad for us. So. Yeah. You were doing good on the eating end. Right? I w- well, I definitely didn't put the right things in my body for a really long time. I lived in Florida. I partied it up. Um, Just say those you know, are wake up calls. Yeah, you know. Uh, again, look, I I wasn't on the floor like writhing in pain. Like I actually had two heart attacks. I had one after training on a Friday night, and one after training Saturday morning. But I didn't know that I was having a heart attack. It was just like uh, literally what felt like it, it felt like somebody was sitting on my chest. But like an uncomfortable tightness. Yeah. Like if somebody was literally mounted on me or maybe like in a side control, putting, pushing down on my chest. Um, and the, the funny one, the, the funny way that I explain it, 
it actually felt like I had to take a take a dump. Uh, the the, at the Friday night when I came home, I I went and got some acai with some of my training partners. We sat, we ate, and I'm like, all right, guys, I got to go again. Luckily, I'm close to the gym, and I just felt like I had to go to the bathroom. Let me get out of here. But it felt just like up here around the chest. Wow! It just felt like somebody was like sitting on me. It was like a little bit hard to breathe. Now, everyone always says, uh, "What is it?" The right? I forget what they say. Like the, the, the left arm, on, the right the arm, arm is the, the one that. The heart that's something. all bullshit. Um, it's it's just not Depends the case. What type of a heart attack, though. So, I actually felt it. I forget which arm. I, I just know that I was. I'm going to say I felt it on one side, that, but I didn't feel it like all tingly. It didn't really bother me so much. The in the morning. I felt it from elbow to elbow. I felt all pain through here. So in my mind, it was like, oh, it's from jujitsu. Almost like when you work out chest, that way that you feel maybe you haven't worked out in a little bit, but that whole feeling of like, oh, I feel it in my chest. Tight. It almost feels good. Tightness, but yeah. That acid. tightness, but again, like you couldn't breathe. So uh, I trained at night and I went back. I was with my wife. I'm like, oh, I feel weird. Went to the bathroom. I felt better after that. Saturday morning, same thing. Um I say that my wife saved my life because we were, she does a little kickboxing. So she was at her class. I was at my class, came home, took a shower, was going to run my Saturday errands. My wife came back from her class and we just passed. And I said, I was getting, I had showered. I was getting ready and dressed to go. And I said, you know, I'm kind of feeling the same way. She says, why don't we just sit here for a little bit and let's make sure that this passes. And I was like, all right, let's sit. We sat on the bed in the, in the bedroom and we just talked and she just kept an eye on me. She's like, are you okay? She's like, why don't we go to the hospital? Let's, let's, you know, there's a hospital right around the corner. Why don't we go? We realized something was up, went to the hospital. They do an EKG and there's one nurse in the room. They do the EKG that she leaves or he leaves, comes back. There's two nurses. She leaves, she comes back. Now there's three or four nurses, and I'm like, something's obviously going on. That equals They never say heart attack. They just tell you, hey, we're going to put you in an ambulance and take you over to the hospital. Is actually, I'm in Coral Springs. Uh, they sent me to like a network hospital, go all the way to Fort Lauderdale. It's like a half hour drive. Ooh, regional. Like 15 minutes, you know, lights on. They never say heart attack. I get into the ambulance, and they're talking. They see like, okay, they don't I'm smiling, give you a heart I'm joking. Attack. I'm like, what the hell's going on? They're like, okay, you're. Uh, you're having, you had a heart attack. So we're going to get you over to the, uh, you know, cardiac unit in Fort Lauderdale. So, uh, so I went in and again, smiling. I wasn't like on the ground, like, oh, you know, I just didn't really realize what was going on and forced in, you know, they put in three stints the first day. The next day they went back in and put one more. And yeah, that's my, that's my heart attack story. I don't blame jujitsu for that. That's on me. That's the way I took care of my body, but it just happened after two really good training sessions. So. Did you feel a major difference once the stents were installed? Um, I, you know, it, it might be that I'm overthinking it because I didn't really put a lot of thought into my heart rate before that. Like I wasn't thinking about it. I just thought I was, you know, a healthy 30 something, 40 something. Right. Um, it was, it was in, it was in you my said 40s. You started already. at 41. Yeah. So I'm, I'm in my forties already. So, um, I, what I, the, the, the thing that I missed the sign that I missed that was like slapping me in the face was uh, being out of breath quickly. Like I would, I worked in a building, it was a two story building. So my office was on the first floor. I'd run up to the second floor to go to our, our other offices and I'd go to the top and I'd be like, man, whew, I gotta lose some weight. You know, I'm like, I'm carrying a lot of weight. And that was it. It was, my heart was struggling because it was, uh, I was uh, 80% blocked on my main artery. Shit. 
So, uh, you know, what they would call the widow maker, you know, that's when you get yeah. fully blocked. That's when you, when you and that's a big ass artery. Yeah. Too. Yeah. That's the one that so, explodes. Yeah. Uh, so that was that was slapping me in the face all that time, but that's probably the only thing that stood out to me. I actually didn't really notice it when I did jujitsu because I was just I'm tired because I'm rolling hard. We're fighting, you know. We're 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 training, so it it just kind of went you know passed me by. I didn't, never really thought of it, and um, and again, you know, it's uh, that that's was the key. Uh, your question was how did I feel kind of afterward? Like how do I feel different? Um, again, because I don't feel like I really, I don't feel like I really paid a lot of attention to it before, other than those little signs that I look back on and go, "Oh, that's you know, you're you were you were clogged up. Your heart was was trying to tell you something." Um, now I'm like really pay attention to it. I I got a, a an Apple Watch to like I work out. I've got my watch on. I've like you know looking at my heart rate, make sure things don't get too crazy. But I now I feel like I get a, I'm out of breath a lot quickly or it was for a long time i feel like wow man i just you know did warm-ups and i'm like <sighs> and i could feel my heart beating a lot so after i've i felt like that so i you know i kind of had to change the way i trained a little bit and it goes back to the gi i like gi because i can control the pace if yeah. i do feel like that or i don't feel so much like that now but for a long time i would be like okay gi lets me really Slow control where i am but I really, when I'm uh, when I'm rolling even the gi, I'm not a, like a lapel guy. I'm not really getting my fingers twisted up. I don't have the fat knuckle. I am just usually kind of rolling like I do when I do no gi, where it's the same for me. So that kind of went back to your initial question, like the differences between uh, the grips and, and rolling gi and no gi. I've just never been a guy that really gets tangled up. Um, so, yeah. Hey, what do you look for on the Apple Watch with, that you're monitoring so much? Um, there's a, well, it actually has an EKG. Okay. It has an EKG. So um, every once in a while, I'll feel like, well, oh, wow, I feel a little weird today. What's going on? Or maybe like sometimes you feel, okay, I work out, did some weights, and I'm having a little pain. I'm like, is that the, is that the weights or is that, you know, something going on? I'll do a little EKG, make me feel better. And then there's an app, there's a workout app that I use. That you can say like I'm on, I'm cycling I'm doing the elliptical I'm has, doing traditional it has weights general workout yeah it too, gives yeah. you like a general workout just and it and it really just tracks you your heart have PTSD, rate man. so I I keep an I like to keep an eye just on my heart rate uh, and I know that you know I probably I usually want to keep it you know below 160 even if I'm going hard at something uh, I'm, but I, I'm I'm good I'm healthy I've actually did the stress test recently with my cardiologist and she okay. says she says you have a normal heart you have you know you have a healthy heart. You're good. You shouldn't be worried about a lot of the things that you're worried about. So now I'm like, kind of feel like I go back to normal, but I still, maybe it's in my head. I still do feel like well, you did, you when gotta, I get going, yeah. I like, like I can feel, it's really strange to say, but I feel my heart when it starts going. Like, again, I just think I'm more conscious. I'm in tune with it a little bit more. And I know when I got to, you know, bring it down a you notch or that, take a break. like a post-incident anxiety. Yeah, there's probably a little PTSD Now your there. awareness about this stuff is like super yeah. heightened. And just remember, death never warns you except but a whisper. Yeah. You know, it never says, hey, I'm coming, I, I'm coming. I was back to training after three weeks. I was just like, I, you know, like training, but I was just like, I feel fine. Doc, can I get out there? And he didn't understand what jujitsu was. And he told me, he says, uh, you know, just make sure nobody kicks you in the chest. 
And I said, no, there's not a lot of kick in there. Might be something that happens, you might know. Happen. <laughs> might happen. It might, you know, in, in, incidental, but nobody is kicking me. It's, you know, it's not a striking sport. So he was like, all right, just do you think just, just keep an eye on yourself? And, and I've been good since, but definitely, again, super conscious of it, you know. Hey, can I, I tell you two, two things um, on your journey through BJJ is I do like promoting no gi. Mm-hmm. Um, and I understand there's two things. I actually one about the watch that I'd like to return to in a second with the EKG. Um, but uh, for the gentlemen that will watch this that are a bit older, that have done BJJ for long, maybe for whatever amount of time, and they have a fear to go to no gi because it almost seems chaotic. Um the, the game, like there was something that you said, and I agree, like you play the game and, you know, with gi and tops and stuff, you can tie them up. You can tie them up also, no gi. It's how you do it. And um, hopefully in the future, I'll cover it uh, more. Right now, I'm trying to do these patterns because it'll take me a couple of years to get back to another pattern. Wow. Uh, but in the future, I'll, I'll bring that up about like if you're older and like how do we get to these safe spots to tie people up because you should be able to tie somebody up with no gi if you understand your delahivas and your z guards and your grips you should be able to tie somebody up and then once it, when it changes is when you decide you're going to become offensive on the attack mm-hmm. um, so for the people in the future and i'll cover it in the happy pill in the future like tying somebody up very cool they, listen i I, I need a, you know, get a little bit older and you want to, you know, catch your wind. Absolutely. So it's something that I love that you said that, that, you know, in that future, I promise that I'll cover that, like how to tie somebody up the grips, what you're looking for, the angles, because the game changes within three to four inches, man moves three yeah. to four inches, different move. Um, and then the second question, I, I was actually a question, the first, that was just a statement, but the question was when, um, when you're looking at the, at that EKG on the sure. walk, uh, because I also have an Apple Watch, but I've never used the EKG app. But I also think it's quite important that if there's something that's a red flag that a lot of people don't do it enough, you know, it's like what yeah. uh, Bo just said about that Grim Reaper creeps up on you. You <laughs> yeah. say he's coming. So if there's things that you could potentially go, hey, yeah, you know what? Take a look at this because Apple has that. Like, is there anything if I bought, opened up that EKG that I should be looking for? So, uh, my, I have, I think this is the four, I think this is it's a little older, but it was the only reason I got it. I'm not like a jewelry person. Um, don't really wear a lot of watches unless I'm getting dressed up or something like that. Um, so it, you can, it connects to the health app, okay. like you're connecting it to your phone. Okay. So then you can, you know, monitor there's, there are really two apps, right? There's the health app that has the little heart. There's a, mm-hmm. you know, like a little heart. And then there's the actual EKG, which is the one that I pay attention to. Um, you know, you hold it by the crown, you, you know, touch it with your thumb and then you hold the crown and it'll give you, it'll do an EKG over the course of 30 seconds. You're supposed to be like, can't, like, don't go running and then do the EKG because you're going to have a, you're going to, you know, it's gonna, yeah, it's going to be off. Uh, but it'll usually tell you like, it actually says like, uh, you know, normal sinus rhythm is what it'll tell you. Uh, it'll tell you, it also says, uh, you know, this the can we're, we we're not telling you that you're not having a heart attack. So if you feel bad, like go see a doctor. But it actually then sends the report to the health app, and then I'll get a little pop up if I wanted to look at it further, or I can have it go directly to my doctor, which I don't do. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I'm I, again, I just it's it's problem. a comfort thing Only for me more than that is. hold on it, for more than anything, it's a comfort thing for me that 
like I've been sleeping at night and been uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, it's one of the reasons why like I, I kind of started to do the intermittent fasting a little bit because I was noticing as I got older, if I do eat late, I'm very uncomfortable when I sleep. So sometimes I've been in bed and I actually have, we, my wife and I have adjustable bed, so I sleep sitting up slightly, right? But I would feel uncomfortable about something and I'll grab the watch, put it on, like make sure that I've calmed, that my heart isn't going. And then I'll just, you know, two in the morning, three in the morning, I'll do it real quick. And I'll be like, all right, I can close my eyes and know that hopefully I'm going to be able to open them in a few oh, hours, you know? I love that you're doing it. Yeah. It's, it's one chance at this. So, um, yeah. There's a, you know, Cardio Mobile people that I guess, you know, that don't have Apple. There's a, a one called Cardio Mobile. It gives you a small keypad, probably a little bit smaller than maybe the size of a, of a business card. And then you could put your two fingers on it. And again, it sends it to the phone. I guess there's an app. Uh, but okay. that's if you don't have the watch or if you don't, you're not an Apple person, you can get Cardio Mobile. It's actually what sparked me. I was looking at Cardio Mobile, and then I then as I was looking at it, Apple was coming out with the feature. feature. I believe the four Apple the uh, the Apple Watch number four was the first time they had the uh, uh, the EKG. So the Fitbit. Um, is nice so yeah. Too. So so I got it, and again, it makes me feel. But I only wear it down here. I'm an hour away from home. I only wear it. Because I'm an hour from home, and in case I feel a little uncomfortable, it's become more of a comfort thing. If I'm home, close to home, I actually usually don't even wear it. So, I'm, you know, uh, I wish that it was a little smaller that I could maybe wear it when I rolled because I'd love to see where my heart rates were. And by I know the, there's by, some other stuff. By the female. Yeah. Because uh, they sell, the, you got the 42 well, mil. Well, there's also mil. like the whoop. What is it? Yeah, you could do there's whoop. There's some thin yeah. ones that you can wear. Um, just don't want to invest more money into something. But I, I would love to wear it to get an idea of where I'm at while I'm rolling. But, you know, maybe at some point I would probably invest in, you know, in cool. something the, like the that. Fit, the Fitbit is yeah, really I love cool. the whoop. Do you, do you use it? Do you? Yeah. I love the whoop actually. I love the the data on the sleep. Are you wearing it when you I wear when you it train? All the time. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. That's a, what what kind of info does it give you? It uh, does your well, I like two things on it. I like the sleep because as I've gotten older, I find it I mean it's so critical in everything in your life. And then the second thing I like is um it shows me my recovery um based on my variable heart rate. So um Sometimes, hey, you always wonder, like, am I just being lazy today, or did I not recover? I like that. Or not. Yeah, yeah, those yeah, are that's a good that. metric. You could do that too with the Apple Watch. I used to do it with my with my Apple Watch as well through the Health app. It works okay. pretty good. Uh, but you know, for me, normally I'm such a lazy roller and don't push myself. Ah, stop it! I've rolled it. That's it, dude. He's I, lying. I, I he's, don't get you know what's he's cool lying. about uh, the Fitbit? The Fitbit also tells you when you're in ketosis. Oh, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. It's got to be a guess so for you're sure, doing, unless you're peeing on your watch. No, no, it's acidity in the blood. It's acidity. How's it getting your, your blood? Ketones. Yeah, you yeah, you could. Uh, when you go into ketosis, masters? you're starting to produce ketones. Your blood acid goes up. Yeah, I'm so sure it uses a metric. Let's get back to the guest. Question for you. Yeah. Are you a gi or no gi player mostly? Because your school is 50-50. Yeah, so I, I grew up wrestling. It just happens. It happens that... uh. That in my school, the days that I go, uh, you know, my days that I go are are dependent on the rest of my life. So family, yeah, work. yeah. So the days that yeah, I'm married, got kids, you know, and and a full time job. Um, so the days that I mainly go are today and mm -hmm. um and Mondays, which are gi days. But then I train on the weekends, uh, striking and no gi. Okay. And I used to do a wrestling class and that kind of dissolved, but there's still wrestling classes after a gi class on Monday. 
which I'll stick around for a little bit, just kind of maybe do the drills, no live rolling, and just just so I'm not at the gym for too long. And but yeah, I I I like it all. I really don't have a preference. I love gi because it's new to me. I've only been rolling for three years. I'm a blue belt. Um, but I to me, no gi is like wrestling. But I get to do all the illegal shit I couldn't do in high school. <laughs> it's great. You get you get full Nelson people. You could cradle them. Yeah. You could do the lockdown ashi. You know all the ashis. You know, if you're not, if you're uh, our bars if you're not, you lose. are great. You know what I mean? I get stomped a lot, but uh, the wrestling's fun. I he's, like it. He's very humble. He's tough. He's tough. Yeah, I, I awesome. go back to when I, the first time I met him and I, the first role that we had. As soon I I was just I was sitting on the sitting on the ground. He came over. Um, we started to roll, and as soon as I started to move, I don't know if I stopped him and asked her at the end of the roll. I think you I said, well, you're, I think I actually right away, I was like, did you wrestle? And I could just see in his body movement. I wrestled, I, you know, recognized just his stance and what he was doing. And and I was like, okay. And it was good for me to know, too, okay, I'm, I'm, you know, we didn't get into how long he had wrestled until later, but, you know, I kind of recognized it right away. I like to know who I'm rolling with sometimes, especially the very first roll. Like, is this going to be the ADCC finals, or are we going to, like, <laughs> Yeah. Like you play jujitsu, you'll get here, that. You know? You'll get that from a new guy though, which yeah. is fun to deal with. Yeah, we but got uh, <laughs> I guess, I guess, I guess, like how he says, like I'm humble or whatever. I just feel like I know. I've I've recently found out how much I don't know, and I feel like jujitsu is like this mountain that's in my backyard as I'm drinking my coffee and I just go fuck, you know. And, and I just want to add a little bit of something to that, right? So like, but also I I really don't focus. I, I know it sounds stupid, but I really don't focus on on the belts and all the old school juju stuff or anything like that. I just really like to train. I think rolling is super fun, and and the guys and the gals are like you yeah. know I see them. They're like my my work friends at my gym. He's know? so humble. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you something about him, and then I actually want to ask you a question about it. So he's super humble. He used to train at my gym. He moved. He had to move, so he's moved to two gyms. So he would have easily been a purple belt with maybe a stripe or two at, at my gym where, where I am now. He's moved, so he's had to, you know, learn kind of the jujitsu that's being taught in those gyms. So that's kind of my question. I think we might have talked about it on the last episode. Um, I said, you know, I'm a brown belt at my school's jujitsu. I don't travel a ton. I have a full-time job. I own a marketing company. We do this. I train at my gym. Um, if I go to his gym, they have a different curriculum and they do things a little bit differently. My brown belt might not be their brown belt, right? If I had to learn their stuff, I might not necessarily take a step back or have to give my belt back, but I'd be learning things that maybe their blue belts and purple belts are learning from their coach their way. For instance, like my, my coach is a huge lockdown guy. My game is, I love pulling guard. I love getting people in the lockdown. That's, it's, it's fun for me. I like it. Uh, but, but the question again goes to like, what do you say to somebody that like Miguel, who's had to move around his, he's not worried about his belt rank, but the, the concept of, yeah, you're a blue belt here or you're a purple belt here. But if you go to a whole nother gym, I'm sure if I went to train with you, I'm going to, I'm watching the stuff that you're doing. I'm going to not be starting over, but it's a different game for me. Am am I right or, or wrong? True. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, uh, I agree with Miguel in that you shouldn't put so much value in the belt. Mm-hmm. Uh, because uh, they've been playing the game a long time. And when, you know, 
one time I was, I had so many nicknames in Henzo's. Uh, one time I used to do these crazy acrobatic jumps and they called me Matrix Mike. And then <laughs> I then became Murder Mike for a long time. Oh, and now you see me at 53 years old, I'm a smaller guy. If you've seen, uh, I was a bigger guy, you know, I lifted weights and I could eat six times a day and I own these gyms. The and, good old days. Yeah, the good old days. I can't do that. <laughs> you know, like I fast most days, 20 hours. I eat one or two meals. I care more about longevity now. Yeah. Then I bring it up is that, you know, if what determines a black belt, what determines a blue belt? Are you putting it as a standard? Like sometimes people get a black, a, a higher belt, right? Somebody might, might get a brown belt. And then I'll hear these complaints among the purple belts where they're like, well, I tap him out, you know? And then they justify that they deserve that belt. It's a personal journey. It's a personal journey. And I'll use this example is like, what sets the bar for a black? If we're comparing ourselves to Gordon Ryan, then nobody gets a black. Yeah. Nobody so, gets a black belt, bro. Yeah. No. And then, you know, and as you age, like you realize, okay, so I can't do every single move I used to do. Um, and it's this personal thing. So do I give back my belt? Because then you're going to give back your black and your brown. And, and if you want to play BJJ for your whole life and you're going into your 80s, yeah, I get it. Kids that are probably jacked and they're 20 something years old and they're beating the crap. Now, do you go back to a white belt at that age? Like, no, you don't. I heard this great line. I don't know if Helio really did say it, but I heard that he did. And they asked him as he aged, like, how does it feel like you can't do the same things? These young guys are beating you up. And he said, uh, you know what? You, ch you redefine what you consider success. And For that's sure. real. You know, it's really what you do. It's like, so yeah, they, their goals. And I think every man and woman should have a goal. So they're awesome to try to like get your belts. And it's great that you can say, Hey, because of that black belt, forget about skill. A black belt is just a white belt that never gave up and everything is measured like for the individual. Like, so um, I don't put that much value. I know people want to chase the belt a lot of times and, hey, and I respect it because I did it also coming up. But as you go down the journey, and this is for any young man or woman or whatever stage you're at, like don't put so much emphasis on the belt. You worry about yourself getting fractionally better every time you go in that gym. If you can fractionally get better, it builds up over time. And that's what the journey is. It's a personal journey. Yeah. So, yeah, the belts matter in some regard because, hey, they're a goal. But, uh, no, I don't put a lot of value into it. Yeah, when I had a lot of the guys in the gym when, uh, again, we stopped doing the, the stripes and, Certain guys would be like, "Oh, we're not getting stripes anymore." I'm like, "Bro, it's not. Don't okay. worry about it. Yeah, you know, it's it. it's it's actually yeah. like a really good feeling when all of a sudden you get, you know, your coach calls you up and he's giving you a belt. When you you're worried about the stripe, don't worry about the stripes. It isn't about those stripes. It's good for the kids. And, and yeah, it, it, keeps, yeah. it keeps the kids engaged. It, but you know what? It keep I, like I saw last night. It also does keep the, the adults engaged because there were a kids. lot of smiling faces because it it does. Uh, symbolize a certain amount of recognition for the effort that you put in. Not your skill. Forget about the skill. Amount of the effort. It, it feels good. Who doesn't love a pat on the back? And that's what it is. It's a pat. It's a yeah. little bit of a pat on the back. More for the kids. It's definitely yeah. a motivator for the kids. Go home. Mom's going to take yeah. me for ice cream now. You know, it's good. Woohoo. You know? Yeah. And then it's back to training the next day. It's like, it's, I know. It's I get a, I get a pat at the back when I tap somebody out. Yeah. Every time. <laughs> that shit feels good too. This is, this is why I love having Miguel here because uh, he's my comic relief. He's very clever. All right. Uh, I just, I, I, you I, know what? Hey, I have a question as a professor. Yeah. All right. So 
like you said, I've been to different schools. I have different belts. I have multiple blue belts. Uh, <laughs> and uh, also just because I wash my belt, so they shrink and I buy another one. But sometimes I forget it, so I grab the short one. Whatever. Anyways, my coach gave me a stripe on my belt, but I have two other belts that I sometimes <laughs> wear that go. don't have the stripe. Is it okay? Do I bring him the belts to put the stripe no, on them? Put the stripes on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, funny enough, I thought about that last night. I'm like, man, they put these fat stripes on. I'm going to have to put like the little ones on my other belt because my tape size is different. I don't care. Well, I, is, think, I think that part is all like the belts. If he says anything, the, I'm going to go, hey, Professor Mike. You know, it, it, when I when I first went, my professor, when I first went to, um, to fight sports in Coral Springs, uh, I went before Christmas to check out the school as, as my gym had closed. And then I, you know, it was like a couple of weeks. I helped my, my coach, like, you know, take apart the gym and, and, and move everything to his house. So then after the holidays, I went back and I went and it was, I was a blue belt. There were a bunch of white belts and, uh, I came back and they had all gone to their promotion. They go down to Miami. They used to, it, it down here, everyone went to Miami and, they did the fight sports promotions all at the same time. And I came back and I'm like, everyone was blue. And I'm like, what the, where, where's the, the white belt class? And I had this dark blue, like I stood out and I was just like, am I supposed to ask him for like, again, that blue belt, you're thinking about the belts. It, it you know, at that point, yeah. everybody had these like baby blue, blue belts. And I'm uh-huh. standing there with like, and everything like I, I looked odd. I looked like the visitor, yeah. but I never changed the belt. I didn't care. I never really care. I was just like, this is my belt. This yeah, is just, me, you know, I was sometimes, no sometimes I don't pay attention so much that sometimes I say stuff that's horrendously offensive. <laughs> I just, I don't pay attention a lot when it comes to, to those type of interactions, especially in the gym. Like I'll yeah. say, I'll say some dumb ass shit just because you said some dumb shit. What, you do, you know? mean, what, are, you, what are you talking about? I don't know. Thing. Sometimes some, sometimes when somebody's speaking seriously, okay. they say something that's ridiculously funny without even knowing that they said something yeah. like that. So as soon as they're done speaking and it's and it's okay to that's talk. That's why I have you here, man. That's yeah. why I love it. <laughs> you missed so, inappropriate. But like, but like I do understand it. it you know, you, you could you could play, you could lean into like, I pay for this service, you know, like you could be that uh, like, yeah, like the government works for me, so they should that kind of talk. You know, yeah. but, but I do, I do also like to pay attention to the fact that like, this is a martial art. I, I highly respect the people that I roll with above yeah. and below me because they're yeah. both giving up their time. I'm, I'm training with maybe two or three people that actually have a chance to, to be successful in the sport at a professional level at my gym, but everybody else is just like me. It doesn't yeah. matter. They're better than me yeah. or worse than me. They're just like me in terms of like. They're in school or they're working, yeah. whatever struggle hobby, they're dealing with. A, a lot of hobbies. Ha- it's their happy pill. Professor, your your school your school, I mean, I know you know, know the school, but like your classes that, that you're coaching, are are you coaching mostly guys that are like, you know, looking to compete, trying to do this professionally? Do you have hobbyists? Is it a mix? It really is a mix. Yeah. I mean, it's uh those nogi classes are approaching ninety to hundred people wow. by class. So, uh, how big is that? It's such a, yeah, it's such a mix. They're uh, from you'll get everything in there. You'll get UFC fighters visiting, um, Bellator. Um, you'll get kids from the um, from uh, the B team. Um, you just get so yeah. many from players in there. Uh, so I wouldn't say that there are a lot of the young kids since I, t- I took the class over two years ago. Uh, before it was a little bit different in, in there. 
um, now um, they have a lot of young kids that, uh, you know, they just come all the time. And some of them, uh, they just started competing. So they're new to it. They're having their adrenaline dumps. And stylistically, I saw some stuff that happened this weekend at the pans that I want to fix. Uh, so they just started. But these young kids, they're just amazing. They haven't been rolling for two years. And most visitors that are purple, brown, and black get tapped by them. They're just yeah. in, they just spend so much time on the mat. And now, you know, I'm trying to show it with like deep detail. And the kids now with the D, with the DVDs and the YouTube and the Instagram, they're exposed to so much knowledge. Uh, so I there is a mixture. My, my answer to the question is such a mixture from kids that are just starting off competing to high level pros to pro pros, like when a little you- bit of everything. Professor, when you get up to, you know, I'm going to be 50 in a few months, you said you're 53, correct? Yes. Yeah. We, we, we call, we, we tend to call kids, you know, people that are like in their twenties, kids. Is that what you're referencing? When you say kids, yeah. they're like late teens, early twenties. Yeah. Late teens, early twenties, um, kind of in college. Uh, I got a ton of them that just exploding up right now. Yeah. You'll start to see them in the next year and a half. Not, not to, I'm not talking about winning ADCC, but winning their divisions at IBJJ. Yeah. yeah. Do, you, like do those, especially people that have been training there a long time and I'm, you know, through like, you know, the Danaher years, do people realize like where they are? Like, this is like, I'm like, I guess I say like, that's, I would be honored to train sacred. at that's Enzo's, yeah. especially at HQ. Right. I would, I'd be on, do they do some, do, is it like, in the air, like we're lucky to be here. This is an honor to be able to train in this room with these people. A lot. Yeah. Is you it know tangible? What? You know what I mean? Like, is it like we, yeah. we all know. You know what happens is so many people come from other countries to visit New York and then they come and want to take pictures. So they see it all the time. Um, and if I try to, I try to instill especially for the younger generation that they appreciate that what Henzo created there and show appreciation for the Academy. So I do believe that they do, at least they show me yeah. that, um, that they're thankful is uh, what Henzo did. And uh, I don't know if you, do you guys have, you guys ever had him on? He's got an interesting story. No, no, I love it. I've haven't. seen his documentary like 80,000 times. Oh, okay. There's another one coming. Netflix is doing a thing on them. Good. The family. Yeah. And Netflix was here maybe mid last year. I forget when exactly, but they were in New York filming him for like 17 days. From what he told me, like the most, and I I may be wrong, but Hensel told me that I think the number was the the highest number that Prime ever funded for a documentary was the last dance with Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was so impressed with the footage that they're doing on the Gracie family. I think they're profiling eat, like uh, Hicks and Hoyce, Henzo. Oh, wow. That'd be amazing. They were like so almost impressed. like a, a TV show, not just a movie. It sounds like that would be a TV multiple, show. Like multiple a, episodes. Episode. A, doc, a, yeah, docu- a docu-series. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. Netflix is putting them out all the yeah. time now. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're doing one on that family. And there was, from what Henzo told me, I don't know the sums, but this would be the second largest funded one after The Last Dance. So wow. a lot of people will get exposed. Is, is The Last what, Dance Prime or Netflix? No, it's Netflix. It, is it, it's Netflix. Oh, it is Netflix. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure Prime and Netflix are owned by the same company, I no, think. No, Prime is Amazon. Amazon, yeah. Netflix, Netflix is, Yeah, Prime uh, is Amazon. Netflix is Netflix. Private owner. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, yeah. oh, that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm sure traveling between San Diego, uh, New York, Sao Paulo, like oh, yeah. to do the documentary. Of course, yeah. yeah you have yeah. to visit so many places. Did you get? Did Did they interview you? Did were you able to? No, no, they no. Talk to you they, or? they were filming there, but I I wasn't interviewed. And then. Yeah. Enzo comes to the, my Saturday classes a lot of times. Yeah, um, students love to see him. So yeah, they were filming him on the weekends when I was there. So when is he, he, is he is he coaching when he's there, or is he you know kind he, of let, man, are you coaching always, or? Uh, I am always I'm always active in there. I love that place. Uh, but Henzo always is, and it, I mean, if you've been around Henzo, he's a he's just an awesome. He just has this awesome energy that yeah. He's charismatic. Like, we did a he oh, he, he did a, a seminar down here when uh, uh, I think it was was it Maria that kind of wiped out the the keys along with a lot of I, I don't know if it was Maria there was a hurricane uh, wiped out some Irma. of the uh, Irma. was it Irma, Irma. wiped out uh, the keys a little bit I know they had a fight sports location down there that that lost everything so they did a uh, a seminar. That was where they took all the funds and then like donated it actually to a couple of different schools, including like one in PR and uh, and then uh, the keys and things like that. And and Henzo was there. There was like Tom DeBlah. They I think um, Muhammad Ali and Cyborg were supposed to have a fight and they canceled it. And and Cyborg asked Muhammad to to come to the uh, to come down and be part of the seminar. So it was Muhammad Ali, Tom DeBlas, Henzo, obviously Cyborg. Um, I can't even remember. And there were, uh, there were a couple of other big names there, but they did a huge seminar. So that's the closest I've gotten to Henzo. And, you know, everybody, you know, it it was hours. I had to leave. They wound up, uh, like everybody was doing like an hour worth of, of moves and people were there all day. It was, it was, it was pretty awesome. That's the closest I got to Henzo. But as far as like his demeanor, the guy never stopped smiling. (laughs) He was walking around that place. It was, you can ask him for a picture and he was super nice. He was a great guy. Mm -hmm. You know, and um, I, I'll tell you a couple of stories, but I would like to say something about him and the effect he's had on so many lives. Um, you know, people talk about the DDS and the Danner Death Squad, New Wave, and those things of that nature, and that's great. Uh, but you know, he came here, I think it was in 1996, and he was going to go back. And There's a history between him and his partner when he first got here mm-hmm. where he was uh chipped out of some money. Um, and they split up and that gentleman, I don't know where he is now, but Henzo was going to go back to Brazil and stay. And the reason I just, I always return back to what I said in the beginning of a story. So I, I mentioned how he affected so many people. Um, Henzo, Henzo people know, him. okay, Henzo's is famous and John showed there, but Henzo not only created John, if you look at uh, Matt Sarah, Matt Sarah um, Matt Sarah had mul- has multiple division champions in the UFC. Aljamain Sterling himself, he won the 170. Uh, Chris Weidman, I mean, and he has fabulous BJJ instructors, fabulous uh, competitors. Jason Rouse, an awesome competitor. Mm-hmm. Nick Rohn. So the reason I'm mentioning them, they come from the lineage at the top because mm-hmm. they always say the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Um, and if you look at her card, Almeida, uh, Cardo Meda, I mean, Frankie Edgar, Edison Barbosa, Eddie Alvarez, I mean, name them. I mean, so many champions. Yeah. Um, and they all, all three of those guys, Matt Sarah, um, Cardo Meda, um, John Danaher, all. G- GSP, even though he was with Farasa Hobby, but he trained with Danaher. Go. 
All right, everybody, we're going to do a quick unboxing of the BJJ Damn, box. They are Jiu-Jitsu's favorite subscription box. It's delivered to your door filled with premium Jiu-Jitsu and grappling apparel, equipment, supplements, supplies, snacks, and a whole lot more. Yeah. They find the Recovery best products here. in the world of Jiu-Jitsu and guarantee every box to be worth more than the cost. All right, each box you'll see right now has between four and seven items that you're going to love. Use coupon code JJD10 for $10 off your first order. Let's uh, let's see what they sent right, us. So You've I mean, actually got I'm the t-shirt I'm wearing on. the shirt. You know, little movie magic here. Here's your shirt. Thank you, sir. Uh, right in time for Halloween. Yes. Uh, Very cool. Can you see the? Sh can you get the whole shirt there? Yeah. Bob? I also highly recommend. Dude, no, no. He's got. You yeah, got to move. It. Yeah, move it. the. Uh, hey. There you go. Perfect. Hey. There you go. Now you see the shirt. Right. Oh, just in time for Halloween. Is that just in time for right. Halloween. DJ Monster. And watch the Monsters on on Netflix. It's, I, it's I, good. I, it's good. Eh. If you like, did you watch the old show? Of course. Okay, it's good. Um, okay, <laughs> so we got some Vive. Uh, Compression like knee pads, it yep. looks like like slides, like wrestling slides, not necessarily padded, but Real, very cool. prevent yeah. the, gotcha. the rug burn. Yep, yep, you know, or the mat burn. Good for those takedowns, yeah. right? Right, double yep. leg. And then you got the shock doctor. Oh, these are these are socks. Yep, shock socks. Very cool. Just socks. Oh, shock doctor. Yeah, it's my uh, I use their mouthpiece. There you go. Uh -huh. And what I wonder if we... it's a little like compression style. What is dead? That's right. And then here we got uh, body wipes from Clean Freak. Okay. Body wipes. Very cool. Check that out. Try those out. Wiping down So they're bodies. also thinking about hygiene is very important in jiu-jitsu. Yep. And so is staying fed. I'm, 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 what do you got? Uh, we got ourselves a uh, Zone Perfect protein bar. Uh, fudge gram. Mm -hmm. There you go. Very cool. Fudge gram. And then we've gotten a similar product like this Zone in, a, perfect. in a previous BJJ box, not but not similar, a spiky it's the same one. one. Is, yeah, it? No. Is this the same one? It's a spiky ball. It's the, the spiky one ball. Yeah, it was ex you get to keep that one? Yeah, spiky ball for me. Very cool, man. You're going to. I wonder if my dog's going to like it. Uh, Your cat's going to like Bro. it. Oh, nice. Cat's I got like dos gatos now. Yeah. Oh, you have two cats? Yeah, oh. my, my, my wife's grandmother died. Oh, and we went up there. Yeah, and we we adopted the cat. Her name is Missy Sue. And then we brought her home. Uh, we drove from Ohio down with the cat, um, and she was in our bed, you know. And uh, when Missy Sue walked away, we were like, "Oh, you're Mister Sue." Oh, you didn't know? Yeah, oh, nobody, didn't know. nobody knew. I guess. <laughs> yeah. So we have the cat. His name's Rocco the Taco Cat now. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Mister Sue. Uh, uh, so you get the spiky, spiky ball. ball. Love that spiky ball for my it's feet. Good. Amazing for planners. I just have it. I just have it on the floor in the living room, yep, and yep. I just use it. I'm. You're Sitting there. there, morning coffee. I'm there with my. Foot. I got my kids Legos. Yeah. Yeah, just on the floor. I step on. Same, <laughs> <laughs> similar concept. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else in there? We're no, good? that was it. Like that was a lot of. That was a lot of yeah. stuff. That was like six things. Yeah, crazy amount of stuff. Yeah. It's more Love like it. walking on and hot coals and broken glass mm. at the same time. Right here, man. That's, Planners uh, fasciitis. We'll we'll do the we'll do the split. See what else you're gonna split that protein bar. Uh, yeah. All right. Listen. Again, uh, BJJ box the at the BJJ box. And the BJJbox.com. That's right. Again, $10 off your first box with code JJD10. All right, guys? That's right. Let's get back to the show. Julio. I mean, when I met when I met GSP, GSP wasn't with Faraz. GSP was using Johnny, and then he came and was using Phil Nurse here in New York. It wasn't, I never met Faraz until after the whole thing happened where he couldn't come back and then yeah. he went to New Mexico. Um, so 
you know, the reason I bring them up is like, like there's so many that like were created from, from like this lineage of Henzo. Yeah. So he, I just think people don't realize the effect he had on no gi BJJ because I mean, no disrespect to the gi game, which I love the gi game also, but you know, nobody really pays to watch people fight gi. You know, they really don't like, it's very rare. Like, no. Gordon makes so much money from these who's number one. And so the reason I, and the game is just exploded the ADCC. They sold out this stadium and it was an awesome event. And I bet they broke all records with what for viewership, but that if you backtrack it and how this thing grew and the amount of instructors, even, I mean, you just mentioned before Miguel, that you're at, you're at Weston Enzo's that's Stan Beck, Stan Beck. I met Stan Beck 20 plus years ago. I don't know if you know, Stan Beck was one of the first guys to fight out of Henzo's. He fought a black belt as a white belt. And uh, so um, the reason I, I just wanted to mention like the thanks to Henzo and, and what people don't realize that man affected. I mean, there's so many affiliates and awesome instructors that come out of that lineage. Um, Mark Cerrone and Magno Gamma and Carl Province. So many great. It's a, it's a deep pool. It's a deep pool. And it it's, you know, like there was like there's an admiral and there's a general. Henzo Gracie is that general. He's that admiral that he, I think people don't realize the effect he had we on had, we had Stephen Williams on. I yeah. know he's a he's a Danaher black, but we had him on. No, no, no. Uh, Stephen Williams? Stephen Williams, yeah. Steve Williams. Okay. Oh, Steve. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Steve, yeah. He's still he's he's a young guy. He's uh yeah. Steve's guy, a good guy. Early yeah. late twenties, yeah. early thirties, yeah. I think it goes Steve back was to the... my classes last year. What was that? I'm sorry. No, uh, Steve was was attending my classes. Okay. Um, but I, I actually don't think he's teaching now. He's an excellent teacher, also. He, um, I, he had uh, I forget the name. He did have his own academy. I don't know yeah. if he still has. I know he's really deep into the social media stuff now. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm. He's doing more like fight breakdowns and like kind of some yeah. funny stuff. Uh, I don't know if he got. Is it like arena? Not arena. I don't know if he's, I don't see a lot of stuff where he's like showing training videos or moves anymore or anything like that. I don't know that he doesn't still have his gym though, but, um, no, no, no. I told me, I haven't seen Steve. He's a good guy. Yeah. Uh, but he, uh, from what I was told, uh, Steve, uh, he's doing, I think it's called Steve strangles people. Yeah. 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 That's, that's his, his uh, that's one of his handles. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think he's doing a lot of those little documentaries on, on things. Yeah. I've watched a couple. They, they, I thought he did a great job. He's starting to yeah. actually do like uh, some interviews. I'm he's sure a he's content. Gonna, he's a yeah. content creator now. Yeah. I mean, you could officially say it. Yeah. Yeah. He's uh he's, he's the guy that after we interviewed, we wound up getting on TikTok. He's like, get on there. There aren't, there aren't any podcasts on there posting. And I was just like, all right, let me give it yeah, a shot. And we, we've done pretty good. And it's, it's definitely helped. Um, I'd actually like to go back to, you know, we always ask, I'm, I'm sure you've got, you know, a story to tell. How did you get involved with, with martial arts yourself? How old were you? When, when was that first time that you either stepped on the jiu-jitsu mat or, or, you know, or you like everyone else, you know, mom had me take Taekwondo when I was a kid. Go ahead and tell us how you got started. Well, I was actually, um, I mentioned earlier at one time I was, I was a bigger guy, muscular and stuff. And in my late teens, early twenties, I bought all those muscle mags and would eat six times a day and take all those protein shakes and all that stuff. Um, and as I got into my later twenties, um, I wanted to do a martial art. And so I was thinking karate 
And I joined a karate school, Miyazaki's Karate in Queens, New York. I joined that school. And I was going about two months. And then Sensei Miyazaki asked me if I would join in the uh, Nawaza class. And I was like, what is that? And he was like, it's a form of submission grappling. I was like, okay. I had no idea what that was. Um, I took the class. I fell in love instantly. I literally got beat up for like, I must have got tapped every five seconds for about an hour straight. No idea what I was doing. Um, and then that particular guy that was teaching that class ended up competing at an event. And I went, and I think this was probably end of 1998. I went to the event and I was like trying to make my way to the center of ring. It wasn't many rings and it wasn't a stands or anything. Everybody's just crowded around a map. So I make my way through and there's a gentleman mounted on another guy and he's got this shirt on that says Henzo Gracie Cyclones. And that's what we were called at one time, the Henzo Gracie Cyclones. Um, and I was wondering, I was like, who? I, I didn't even know who the Gracie family was. And I was like wondering, damn, I wonder who these guys are. And as I made my way to other mats, they were the dominant players in every match. And I was like, damn, I wonder what this is. This is so long ago. I, probably this generation does will like laugh, but people didn't carry cell phones. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Now you 90s is we're still probably yeah. uh, coming off of beepers. Was that karate yeah. school on yeah. Northern Boulevard in Flushing? Yeah. Was that yeah. Was that wait? The karate school is on Northern Boulevard in Flushing. Yes, sir. That is Miyazaki. Near, that near the uh, near the fort. There, it was just down yes. from the fort. Dude, I yep. went to that. I went to that karate school. <laughs> Miyazaki was hey, my yeah. sensei. Small Holy world. <laughs> wow, yeah. a long time ago. I was like, I don't long know, 13, yeah. 13 years old. Well, I was like, like 75 now. I'm like 3,000 years old now. So. No, no, I'm 54. I just turned 55. You're so. still a baby, man. So you we get on the mats. So Mike yeah. and never, I probably. Professor, tell him you, you're, never, you're never too old. Never too old no, to start. I'm just starting out, man. Was it the best time to start was when you were, what, five? Yeah. And today. And today, that's a great That's like 55. There you go. The best, those are the two best times to start. <laughs> the best time to plant a tree Five was 20 now. years ago. And yeah. the yeah. next today. best time is right now. Yeah. But, go, but go ahead. So, karate is where you got. Oh, so you're saying Henzo's competition, yeah. the Cyclones. The Cyclones. Cyclones, they were dominating everybody at this event, probably the end of 1998. Wow. Um, I leave, before I left there, I started asking people, hey, who are they? And then somebody goes, oh, this guy's got a school in the city. You know, you got to go there. You got to look him up. Like, so I kept asking, hey, anybody have the address? Everybody kept saying no. Back then, if you wanted to find out information, it was either the yellow pages or you dialed 411. On the <laughs> it was yeah. the only two ways. Or somebody so in the yellow pages. So we, have, we have lots of older listeners. Okay. So they'll know. Yeah. They'll, you could have, you could have resonate. You could have, yeah. you could have went to Manhattan. And you could have asked the cabbie. <laughs> yeah, what that cabbie? Was Cabbies know everything. Yeah, that was pre-GPS. Yeah, yeah. pre-Uber. Oh, yeah. So I, I actually, um, I ended up calling 411 because they weren't in the yellow page. I looked through every different book I could find. I was dialing 411 and they gave me a number to the Henzo Gracie Academy. I called that number probably for about two months straight. And all it would do is ring, ring, ring. No one ever answered. <laughs> yeah. This is how the Great academy. Marketing. <laughs> yeah, this is how the academy was run a long time ago. I don't even know if that was his number. I literally called it every day, six times a day, every every different time I could think of to see if somebody would answer. Wow. 
They never did. Waited for about two months. Then on a Friday night, um, I was going out to dinner with my wife and I said, hey, could we stop at this address? And she was like, what do you want to do? I said, hey, I, I don't know. I just want to see if this place really exists. I went there, went upstairs. We famously were known as the Academy Above the Methadone Clinic because I guess Hendo got really cheap space at that time. And the we were on the third or fourth floor. I forget what floor we were on. But the floors below us was a uh, it was a methadone clinic where you had to be homeless. Neither back then HIV and AIDS were like the pandemic of that time. So you either, you had to have like basically the three things. You had to be homeless or HIV. I mean, AIDS or HIV positive, homeless, um, and addicted to methadone. Or well, addicted. you had to have all three of them to be able to yeah to be in that to be in there. So right. it was a requirement. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so. Uh, that's where he was above the methadone clinic. Um, I, I went there on a Friday night. I went up in the elevator. The elevator door would open up. And if you ever watched old footage of Henzo rolling with Hyen or Henzo rolling with John, that that was the that was the academy above the methadone clinic. Uh, so the elevator door is open. I step out. There's this little bench. And I remember, I don't know if you guys have had Sean Williams on, but everybody knows who he is. John has a Henzo's in Tennessee, but he's also the announcer. For, he just did ADCC, awesome announcer, and also an amazing teacher also. Um, so um, I open it up, and, and Sean is right there. And I go, hey, could I watch? And he goes, yeah, sit down and watch. I watched everybody roll. I asked him if I could come back on Monday and join. He said, come back. And Monday morning, I was there. I left there just, I left there on cloud nine. I literally got killed for like two hours against people half my size. I ran out of there. I, I think it was a quarter to, because no one had cell phones back then. I ran to Penn Station. I threw a quarter in the pay phone because there were pay phones everywhere. Made by a company <laughs> called Bell that doesn't exist yeah, anymore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I call my wife and I say to her, my God, I, I love this. And she started asking me questions. She was asking me what it was like. And I told her and she was, she goes, so what happens? I go, you know, like you have to make this man give up. And she goes, so does he say give up? I go, he taps you and then you let go of him. And she goes, <laughs> why would you do this? And she, she just couldn't understand it. Um, obviously, it's my ex-wife. Wait, till I, wait till I get home. It's I'll your ex-wife, you. did you say? Yeah. Obviously, it's my ex-wife. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got married to Sandy. My wife is so supportive of everything I do now. Uh, but uh, but your first way I got married young. Our views were a little bit different as we got older. Guilty. Uh, yeah, so I, I, I want to ask you this very particular question. Uh-huh. What was it about that feeling? You said you went out there, you on cloud nine for you. I know what it was for me. What about that feeling? How or why did you fall in love? At that time, I, I didn't I didn't understand it. But now, I mean, it all is for different people. Everybody interprets it. But for me, um, I can tell you now sitting back and looking back. And that is the, I'm, I'm not a person that can sit and meditate because my mind will run everywhere. I'll, I'll start thinking about moves and angles and like, I just can't turn the, I can't turn it off. Um, but when I'm on the mat rolling, it's my form of meditation. I can't think of anything else. I can't be somewhere. I can't worry about tomorrow. I can't worry if a bill was paid, if I have an appointment. I'm on the mat rolling. 
And the, I mean, besides all the other things that it does, the, the bonding and the friendships and the cardio aspect of it and the mental like stimulate so many other things. But the main thing is that that was like it became the sanctuary of like being able to roll and and nothing else. Like there was no other thing. I know I listen to Joe Rogan sometimes and he talks about that in the form of playing pool. And um, I, I get there's some other sports, too. He mentions archery. But, oh, archery. Yeah. Yeah. Archery. Mm-hmm. But for me, it was like the first time it was like, wow. And then became the other aspect of like, um, I don't really I taught for coach a bunch of UFC guys, Bellator, and I teach fighting, but I try not to. I love BJJ more. And it's a different sport. Like Noki is totally different than Gi. Gi and Noki are totally different than BJJ fighting. They're totally different games. Um, the angles, the, the spinal cord lines, their tilts, like everything is different. Um, and Noki and MMA, you're crazy if you pass guard. And you want to end up in half. There's so many things that are opposite. I'd rather be in um, half. Yeah, you have to be in half. Yeah, yeah. you control the hips. You control the hips, uh, rain down elbows. Yeah. Everybody has a shot with a haymaker once they stand. And if our game is BJJ, we have to be able to control them and manipulate their angles. Like, um, so, uh, I got off the subject for a second with the, uh, with the well, question. We're talking about that moment. Like what made you fall in love? And yeah, it's, uh, for me, it's the mental. Yeah. It's, uh, it's just the mental. I, I do have a, I, I won't call it a follow-up question, but I'm always interested in, in, in the relationships that we have outside of jujitsu, meaning like wives, girlfriends, and things like that. Uh, yeah. If you don't mind, you said uh, your wife is very supportive now. Was your first wife not supportive of jujitsu? We don't have to go into why you got divorced, but was there an, like, what are you doing? Why do you got to, like, I did have that in the beginning. My girlfriend now wife has basically said, okay, I've, I've got to let you do what you want to do. And she found kickboxing and she's passionate about that. So she found something that she's, I won't say equally as she's, passionate she's about. Got a, she's got a reference She found point. a passion that can compare to my passion for jujitsu. But for you, can do you mind talking about that a little bit? Was your first wife not supportive? And like, where are you going? And why are you there so long? Like, did you have that? Uh, 100%. Yeah. She, uh, most people... Um, don't have something that they fall in love with so passionately. Some people so, never find that at any time in their life at, yeah, at all. Yeah, right? that's most people, Milton. Yeah. That really is. Yeah. Um, so it's hard. And I like now I'm reflective about it, but if they've never found it, then they can't understand me. Mm-hmm. Like be so passionate about it. So I can see their perspective on it, like critical of it. Um not accepting of it because they don't understand it. Like they can't mm-hmm. picture like, why is this person so ridiculously passionate about this? Yeah. And most people don't, I, I feel fortunate. Maybe somebody else might be, might look at it different because, um, you know, it's like, you know, they want to whatever, look at many different things. So they never fall in love with something yeah. so passionate deeply. Uh, but for me, it's, it's my personality. It fits. Did, you know. Does your wife, your, current wife train? No, she doesn't. She doesn't? Actually. Okay. No, she was uh, a fitness competitor at one time. Okay. Um, she helps me. I do something else outside of BJJ. Also, I can't support myself. So BJJ. Um, so she helps me with that also, but she's super supportive. Yeah. I, I'm 
fortunate. Um, my daughter's super supportive. My daughter did play BJJ, but enjoys dance more than that. Um, and my wife never has, but incredibly supportive of what I do. And I'm fortunate. I feel very lucky to have her. I feel like you are, you'd be like a very, you're a very intentional person, especially like when I watch you, like, again, you're very specific. You've said, and you even asked us earlier, like, do you guys play BJJ? Is there a reason why you use that term? Like a lot of us will say train, you know, I'm going to the gym. You've used that specifically, those words together. Is there a reason for that for you? Is that something that was kind of like taught to you from the beginning? Of why I term it the game? Well, you say, do you play BJJ? Game, game and play. You'll yeah. say, yeah, like play. You ask us, do you guys play? Are you, you know, do you play BJJ? Oh, man, that's a great question. Um, and I could tell you a bunch of different angles of that. <laughs> yeah, but um, like people sometimes, uh, you know, and we'll play. I'll just tell you one angle of it. People sometimes will say the word train, what's train trains with intensity. Like if you, you go to, I'm going to go train like to exercise. Choo right? choo. Yeah. So you're going to, you're going to go in there with intensity, right? Train. Uh, to me, it's a game. It's a game of chest. W- w- do I increase my intensity pot- pot- potentially at times if there's an opportunity to, to advance my position or if I need to counter at something, but but if that isn't the opportunity, and I'll use an, a white belt as an example, a white belt will grab you and tense every muscle up because they're thinking training. Yeah, I got to work out, got to be strong. Um, but as you get better at the game, like you'll, you know, guys loose, loosey, and then at whatever time he needs to in, increase the intensity, because there is that opportunity to finish a submission, uh, attempt to a pass because an angle's open or a pocket's open. Yeah. Okay. So they increase the intensity, but up until that point, you were playing a game. You were looking at his position of his hands. Like, um, so to me, it is a game. It's a game. It's a puzzle. It's a mechanical, like unknown of a person. Like, I don't know anything about you. I don't know how much your shoulders rotate I don't know how strong your grips are. Like it's this game of an unknown. So to me, it is a game. Okay. Yeah, that's it's, it's this beautiful game of like uh, of interchanging chess pieces and unknown. And that's what the human mind gets so stimulated in this addiction. Yep, yep. I don't know. I never played archery, but I did play golf a little bit. And then I realized it like um, in golf, like I have these friends who are so passionate and addicted to it. And I was always wondering, like, I wonder what their addiction is to it. <laughs> I, it's I, never yeah. golf is never ending, just like jujitsu. I play golf. <laughs> yeah. yeah, because it's, it's a game you can't master. Because yeah. the unknown and the variable is always so. It's uh, you're the, every angle, everything changes within four inches. And then when those four inches, there's like three to four counters, whether offensive or the def- moment they move those four inches. So I need to reprocess and rethink, and then. Really, at the highest levels, it's about read and reaction speed. The moment I read, can it react fast yep, enough? Yep, That's yep. all the difference is between Gordon and the next guy. They all know the same moves. Like at this point, there's no surprises. If you want to tell me that a couple of years ago, when Johnny came up with the system of the leg locks and the entries, there was a surprise, but not anymore. Mm-hmm. So that is taken out of the equation. So now it becomes this game of like exchanging like moves and pieces and angles and 
I'm sorry to ramp. No, no, no. That's, You're on a talk show. Is, you got to talk. I love it. Thank that you. Is, <laughs> that is exactly how I think of jujitsu. And I've self-diagnosed all my issues to bandwidth issues. I cannot. I know the moves. I could sit there. You could just like show me like a slideshow, like just like cards and just go, what's this person doing? What's this person doing? What's I could tell you. But like when you're in a situation and you've never been in that situation before, and then you just, I know what to do, but I can't do it fast enough because they're already faster than I am. And that's yeah. where you find the other person. That's how you know they have a, that's when you really go like, man, that was nice. Cause you, you understood that you knew how to get out of that. Or you knew it like it was about to happen. Yeah. But by you the time it coming. You, it's already done. Yeah. <laughs> He's and, already and, got you and in when a precarious you're, when, position. And when you're a white belt, it's like that scene from, <laughs> from Austin Powers when he's going to get run over by the steamroller. <laughs> and it's so slow. And it's, it's funny. so far but, away forever. But it, yeah, but in jujitsu, dude, you could literally get steamrolled like that just because you're dumb. And yeah. not dumb, but just like you just don't know. You don't know what you don't sloth know. Sloth crossing a and railroad. Then, <laughs> and then and to go on to the, to the playing the game thing, it's like, Again, like I, the white belt, I was like the super tense up. I'm sure everybody goes through that phase. And it's like when you're playing, you have fun. Yeah. When you take something serious, you're tense. Yeah. Right. And then, and then on top of that, the journey in jujitsu, I think the reason like I love jujitsu, which is the same reason you love jujitsu, the cerebral thing, and it's never ending. It's so many successful people have said this. It's like, my dream was to get a Lamborghini. The journey to get the Lamborghini is way more fun than when you push yeah. the start button yeah. and drive it down I the street. I agree with that. I actually agree with that. Right? We are never going to get to the Lamborghini. Yeah. I think it's a bad analogy. <laughs> well, I think I, I, I get I get the analogy of like once you get there, you're like, wait a minute. The, the journey's fun. You kind of almost miss the journey. Well, the yeah, the journey the was, journey the, was the, the fun part. Enjoy that journey. I think we, we say that in jiu-jitsu, like enjoy the journey because- what you was know, like, what was more fun, the Jits King events that that we met at, or or the car ride there and back? The car ride there and back. I remember okay. more about the car ride there and back. And the memory that tied the car ride was the event. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. So it's like that. That's how we kind of kind of met up, and that's how I feel about jujitsu. And it's only because I've had the life experience of having different journeys, like when I was in the military and stuff like that. Like now, it's like my heyday shit. Yeah, and I understand how much I enjoy it. In the moment, and though, it's just like oh, I'm having geez. with jujitsu. I'm having a lucid dream yeah. because, like, I realize how awesome this is, and I'm just enjoying it. Yeah, yeah. he's definitely he fell in love. I, 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 he, I think it's why he and I get along. Like, we fell in love immediately. I think, like, I, I day one, I remember, I can remember my coach being like, "Come into my guard," and it was it. I was that as soon as he moved me, I was just like, "I'm in the right place." Um, I kind of feel like it was the same way for you. It was immediate. Like, it, just was, like, like it was getting my ass. Said. It was getting my ass yeah. whooped, and I was like, "That's not happening again." So, you've, oh, so you started <laughs> at Henzo's, and and it's how many years have you been there now? Yeah, what, Milton, could I just say something? Sure, to absolutely. What I was saying, Miguel, that is really well said because that references the same thing in your belief about the color of the belt. Because if you know, when you're young, you think your life is going to be, you're going to live forever. And then you get older, you have like occurrences and uh, Milton was talking about the heart attack <laughs> and things like that. Like you realize like, man, I'm not going to be around here forever. Any day now. So, <laughs> you, yes. You know. <laughs> Holy cow. Don't cut it short, bro. <laughs> yeah. But you understand that like, that's why, like I say, like, I don't, I don't, I, I understand the goal of getting belts, but enjoy the journey because at some point, if you understand your life expectancy and let's say, you go from white belt at age 20 to hypothetically black belt to age 50. Now do you start giving the belts back? 
because yeah. there is a decline after. That's why I just enjoy the yeah. journey. Just enjoy the journey, man. So again, so you've been at Henzo's from from the beginning, never under another umbrella. So you train under Henzo's from white to I. I are you a, a third degree. degree? A fifth degree? I'm sorry, fifth degree black belt now. Yeah, all under uh, Henzo. It's a lot of years. All under Henzo. Uh, I was John Danner's first black belt. Oh, in, okay. Yep. In 2005, um, I when I was a white belt, Johnny was a purple. He had just gotten a purple. He wasn't teaching. Uh, there used to be a different teacher every single day. There was Matt Terry used to teach two days. Nick Sarah used to teach one of the days. And Rodrigo, uh, I'm sorry, Johnny used to actually teach one day. I think it was Tuesday. Um, so there was a different instructor every day. Rodrigo Gracie was the instructor, I think, on Friday. And Johnny and Sean used to split the class. Sean Williams, the um, mm-hmm. gentleman that is the announcer, that's an amazing teacher. Uh, and John used to split it. So one of them would teach. When I was a white belt, private lessons really no one did. Um, and this is probably like 1999, somewhere around there. We were at the methadone clinic. Um, and Johnny said to me, I was white belt. And I, I remember <laughs> catching a Kimura on some, another white belt. It was just atrocious rolling. And uh, he said, come over here. And then he said, next time do this. And I was like, okay. And that's how a relationship started. Um, I literally was Johnny's Uki for years. When GSP first came to Henzo's, I was the Uki. Um, and I, I was just, you know, was the one that if you know Johnny's teaching style, he teaches to kind of the higher belts in the room. And then like it gets funneled down from them to the rest of the class, like the other students help. Mm-hmm. That's how Johnny teaches. Um, so Johnny um, as like a white belt. And then I was still, a, I just had gotten, I was probably like three months or four months in and a friend there um, came up and he said, Hey, why don't we, and if, if we could pay him to do private with us. And I was like, what is that? And he was like, you know, like me and you pay him a few dollars and he shows him a couple of moves on the side. <laughs> yeah. This is how long yeah, ago. Yeah, this yeah, on the, on the side, bro. Money solves yeah. everything. Yeah. At that time, John, I don't know if you guys know John's story, but John, besides going to Columbia, John was a bouncer. Yeah. I was going to say these were during the bouncer days when he, yeah, this is during the bouncer days. John the, was his bow tie was a clip on bow tie because he knew it was a threat to wear, <laughs> to wear a bow tie that they could strangle him with or something That's like that. Yeah, you know, Miguel, Johnny would come in the next day and I'd go, you know, any fights? He was like, yeah, mate. And then we'd go through (laughs) on who he choked out, who we dragged out of the bar, like uh, what bottle hit him in the back of the head. Um, I wonder wonder if he ever took off his blazer before a fight and then gave the blazer to the guy and and, and then say, because I feel like he's so smart and like playing 4D chess. That all he wants to do is like practice like some Osoto Gatti, some bullshit like that. And he's like, if hey, this is a four hundred dollar jacket, I'm gonna kick you out of this club. If your shoulders touch the mat or the floor, you have to give me the jacket back. If not, yeah, you know, you can keep it. <laughs> yeah, just so he could practice the move. <laughs> I will tell you guys a great story that I don't think anybody has ever repeated. Exclusive. Let's hear it. So this is an exclusive. So uh, John wrote that book. He wrote, he really was, he was so instrumental in writing that first book with Hoyler and Henzo. And then John wrote another book. I forget the other book he wrote. Do you guys know the name no, of it? I can tell you in about look seven seconds. Yeah, you can look it up. So um, uh, there was a gentleman at Henzo's that, uh, so the reason I bring it up is that you mentioned Johnny practicing his steps and throws and stuff. 
So I'm going to fast forward the story, but this gentleman's in bed with his wife. And for weeks, this lady, his wife had been telling him about this crazy man on the subway platforms. They would do like these steps and like, it was just, that was insane. He was like, man, I see this guy's crazy. He's on the platform. He gets on the train. He starts doing these steps. It's like, no one's with him. It's really weird. And they're in bed. And this guy, Frank, buys the book. I forget Frank's last name, but he buys John's book and he opens it up. And as he's going through it, she goes, oh, my God, that's the guy. Johnny <laughs> <laughs> was practicing his throws on the subway. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Is it mastering jujitsu? That's yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And to make, to finish off that story is that of doing privates with John, uh, the privates would be like two and a half, three hours long. Uh, back then Henzo's didn't have a morning class. It was either afternoon or evening. Um, and Johnny was there, would teach that one afternoon class. And he would always be there in the afternoon with me. Um, and we would do these privates. They were like two, two and a half hours long to the point where the guy that was the partner, the, the gentleman that was my friend at the time, he would have to go home. He lived far in Long Island. It was a long drive for him. So he would have to go, hey, guys, I have to, I have to get out of here. And then, um, and that's before people really knew who Johnny was and um, how astute he was at the game. And he's really a mastermind of the game. He really is. Really. Yeah. And, and a lot of other games. I mean, his love for jujitsu, uh, sambo, judo, wrestling, catch he's wrestling. He's stand-up, right? He's teaching stand-up to, yeah, to a lot of his you guys. You guys don't even, you guys got to spend some time with him. He's beyond that. Yeah. He's help, probably help the us most knowledgeable guy meet on airplanes. His father was like a fighter pilot. Forget about knives. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. And other things, too. You can talk to John about. Um, from things from Led Zeppelin and music to um, guns, like Philosophy. he really, yeah, yeah. I tell you a quick story is, um, you know, John's read the, John's an atheist, but, and I don't, maybe his, maybe follows religion. I'm not sure if I shouldn't say that, but um, he's read the Torah, the Quran and the Bible multiple times. And there was a gentleman one time during Ramadan that made some mention to another gentleman that was Muslim about what the Quran says. And John interrupted and said, this is how I know that he read it. And, it, and he goes, no, that's not what it says. It says this. And he proceeded to like say exactly what the verses say. And I said, John, you study the, the Quran? He said, no. And I said, you've read the Quran? He said, multiple times. And I said, have you read the Bible? He said, multiple times. How about the Torah? Multiple times. So John's really, he's well-versed. in. Does memory. he have a photographic memory? He's got something. He's, I mean, to be able he's, to he's intelligent for sure. Like, yeah. yeah um, Sounds like I, he's just curious, man. He's curious energy. Like He's curious life. about everything. Yeah. True. And once he delves into a topic, John is really, really smart about a lot of topics. I tried to get him to do a podcast, uh, but I don't think, I think his passion is for teaching. Like to, to host a podcast? I just, you know, yeah. if you don't, he could do a solo one like Bill Burr does, where he just sits in front of the camera. I'd listen to him talk. Because <laughs> you know what, he would be a great podcast um, um, host, just because he he's so well knowledge, but he doesn't make you feel like he knows more than you. He's mm -hmm. just real, and there's so many topics that you'll just yeah. be blown away on how deep he knows about the topic. I, I'll tell you a fascinating story. It's like, um, you know, Johnny took me under his wing and taught me and, you know, I'm thankful because now I've replaced him there and 
He's done so many great things for me and appreciative of it. Uh, and I'll tell you a story about him. Um, this probably was around 2001 where he really started teaching me and his private started to grow because he would, I would get, I, back then it was such, you couldn't really have access to knowledge. So if somebody knew a move, everybody crowded around like, hey, I got a move to show you. Everybody like, oh my God, like they run over and like everybody sit in the huddle. Um, so John knew a lot. It was like, he was so far more advanced than everybody. And uh, one day he said to me, I want you to watch this VHS tape. I, I know now kids probably like, what are VHS tapes? But mm -hmm. my daughter recently, we, there was a VHS tape on the street. This is about a couple of years ago, actually now. And she goes, she looks at it. She goes, what is that? Mm -hmm. I goes, it's a VHS tape. And she goes, but what is it? And I was like, gosh, so that's <laughs> what I make mention. I just think everybody knows what a VHS tape yeah. is. Um, and I'll tell a different story about that in a second about Xerox. But uh, so I, I end up, um, he gives me a VHS tape. It's eight hours of, because back, back then it was the VHS tapes. You can select the speed. It was eight hours of Hicks and Gracie rolling. And it was, man, you, some of it, it was like, some was grainy. Some was black and white. Most of it didn't have sound. Like, I, you know, it's like, and sometimes it was hard to find who Hickson was. And so we're talking eight hours. Yeah. Uh, and John knew exactly certain positions. Like he wanted me to review and go over. And I was like, when is that? He was like three hours and 33 seconds. <laughs> okay. At one point I go to him, Johnny, how many times have you watched? And he said about 40. And if you equate to 40, 40, because I was thinking this when he told me, I went home and I was like, he watched this 40 times. Yeah, it's four times like, eight. No, we're talking about 40 times times eight. So basically you didn't go to work. Hours. Yeah. You didn't go to, if you think about a 40 hour work week, you basically didn't go to work for five weeks and you just watch <laughs> it every day. Like, so his intensity for the sport is, uh, is, just, um, you know, I mean, you can see it in some of the kids and their performances and ADCC this past um, couple of weeks ago. Um, he's brilliant. He's really smart. Really Tell really us smart. the, uh, the VHS, uh, was that, you mentioned something else with you? Was it your daughter with the VHS tape? Yeah, she saw oh, one yeah, no, in the uh, He had another about, story, he said. Uh, yeah, about the Xerox. I was teaching oh, recently about uh, this Olympic role to go to a Dars, and I was trying to explain the angle of, of what you're trying to do and how you're trying basically to press bone and flesh up into one of the arteries. Basically, you're blood collecting. You have the two major arteries in the front and the back. And I was trying to explain like how the form should almost go across like a Xerox. <laughs> and and I, what I meant was a copy machine, like, and, and I said, as a Xerox machine. And uh, afterwards, one of the young men in the room goes, Professor, can I ask you a question? And I go, yeah, what's a Xerox machine? <laughs> and I went, oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> and I had a young, another young lady said to me, uh, just a fabulous young lady in the class goes, um, you, you know, a lot of people don't know what Xerox means. <laughs> and I was like... Yeah, okay. I know. I get. Yeah, you're now right. I know. Yeah. It's just a company in the S and P 500. Yeah. No big deal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Professor, I I, I, we have a whole bunch of questions. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. We got we got a few we got a few questions. I picked out some of my favorite. Uh, I definitely want to get to these listener questions if you don't mind. Uh, we're we're going to dive right in. Okay. Yes. Uh, we have uh, B Anderson dot okay. esquire i don't i don't know if you might know some of these people they might be students i think one of them was a student but uh, we'll say so 
Uh, is there a bar fight or altercation story from the early 90s that you, Henzo, and or Danaher, uh, or with you, Henzo, and or Danaher, was that the one that you told us already? A bar fight? Yeah, this person, I guess he might know you. Do you know a B. Anderson? I yeah, no, I do. Okay, he says, is there a bar fight or altercation story from the early 90s with you, Henzo, and Danaher? No, not the three of us. No? No, no okay. John used to get into a lot of altercations, but through bouncing. Yeah. Uh, no, 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 not the three of and us. And he says, was Zubaz or a fanny pack involved? Again, it sounds like this guy's got some intimate knowledge of a story. Yeah, no, no, no. I don't no? know that. No. Okay, so we'll, we'll move on. Damn. So we have uh, Tommy Nightmare, Tommy underscore Nightmare. He said, I did a three-day seminar with Professor Mike and the Happy Pill guys. Changed my game completely. His question is, where did the term dead duck come from? Dead duck. I, I mean, dead duck. I usually say dead limb. Okay. Yeah. Dead duck. Um, I don't, I don't really, I usually say dead limb. Okay. Uh, I feel like in BJJ, you got four limbs. They should all be making contact. And if, if one removes contact, whether it be for it, be a wedge or frame or a grip, um, you should never drop the, a second. So if you understand that the, you have a head also, so the head does play a factor in certain positions, but for the most part, um, limbs repeatedly, especially in the lower levels, every, every limb has a purpose, every position, every grip, every angle has a purpose. So I will yell out, like, you got a dead limb on that. Like, um, because there's an inefficiency somewhere. Okay. Yeah. All right. I just thought about the neck thing you said, man, and you're totally right. What's up? The head. It's like when you're on your belly, your head's always up. If, if you're belly down, your head is a limb that's used to post a lot, yeah. especially for counterbalance moves. If both yeah. of your other limbs are being used, and then when you're on your back, you don't. Your your head's always off the mat, so you could stay in a rocking chair. I, type I of learned position. that from one of my uh, our former coach, uh, uh, Adolfo. Yeah, he used to, every time I rolled with him, he was using his head to base, and and I. I just thought about it right head now. a lot. Yeah, <laughs> no, it was something that that's I right. that I never did, and then I just like. Rolling with him, really actually watching him roll, I would see him be able to do some really weird stuff while he was based on his head. I'm like, yep. Jesus. You can float You can float a lot better. Yeah, yeah. All right, we have another question. We have Mary Oso mm-hmm. underscore Moly. Again, I don't know if you know this person. What advice would you give a BJJ student looking for a new school? Well, that's a good question. Um, if they're a new student... Um, I want the environment more. If you fall in love with the game, um, and especially with social media now, you, um, you'll know after a couple of years, good teaching or if there's fundamentals lacking, like if you become a fan of the game, but in the beginning, I think environment is very big. I think that, uh, you know, it's, a, it's an intimidating sport. Like you, especially you go into Henzo's and I always, now I'm so, I mean, I've been there a long time. So I just walk in, but, uh, but I always get the same thing. Like uh, my nephew told me not re- that not too long ago. He's like, man, it's like very intimidating to walk in here and you lose, you lose sight of that. Cause we've been around the game so long. Um, so for the new person, like somewhere comfortable that you'll want to return the next day and the following day and the following day. And if you fall in love with the art, but you know, like, uh, even in rehabs, right? In rehab, they they have these people go for 28 consecutive 
days because they've realized that somehow habits are broken at that time. So in the beginning, environment, environment, just a cool vibe, good people, like some reason why I want to return. But if you, in the beginning, it's like, um, I, I meathead kind of was a term that they used to use for gyms back in the days. I don't really know how to describe where it's like not warm, not friendly, like competitive. Um, yeah, yeah. Like meathead is usually like there's a bunch yeah. of big guys walking around and like flexing, popping out their chest, you know. In the beginning, this environment that you want to go back the next day, that it's a family atmosphere. Later on, if you fall in love with it, we'll we'll take we'll we'll re reevaluate it at that point. We'll look yeah. at it from a different angle. What about an, an what about a, a higher ranking person trying to find a new gym? Like purple and up has to move, go find a new gym. What are you looking okay, for there? Now, um, then the question then is, what is that guy's goal? Is that to compete? Is that um, because you had, you, because if, if the goal is to compete, then you're looking for the highest level trainers. You're looking for two things. Let's say the excellence of the instructor or some form that, that he's, that you watch him teach and you go, you know, he's, he, there's a different, there's something different here than where you've been. Otherwise you should stay. And then the second thing is steel does sharpen steel. And then I had mentioned earlier about read and reaction speed. And then you got in like at Henzo's, these kids exploded. And what that, the fame of that thing built is like, you know, in order for you to, it's almost like a video game. In video games, you buy this video game and then you're on level one, right? From the beginning, you're going, wow, this is so fast. I can't keep up. Play it for a year, right? And then you're on level nine and you return to level one and you're like, my guy, this is so slow. I'm bored. And that's what read and reaction speed is like. So if you're a purple belt and you're looking to compete at a super high level, you need to see the game at a fast pace because you have to learn to read and react faster. So your training partners, incredibly important because what level of trainers do you have competitive trainers there? Guys competing already or about to compete, about to make breakthroughs. You want those speed. You also want to find there, like one of the things that I saw John had a comment on Lex Friedman's show recently about Gary. And, uh, and, you know, he made this, he basically was explaining like how, his, how his gym has become like a big guy gym. I've treated that. Yeah. I've never heard so, a coach say something like that. Oh, definitely. That's a big fact. Like if you're like a 240, 250, I don't have enough players in Manhattan for me to feed them to you at, so I wouldn't recommend coming here, yeah. but if you're a 170 or 150, I got sharks for you. They're going to increase whether you beat them up or not, doesn't matter. You just want to get better. So they're going to give you high level speed to read and react faster. Mm-hmm. If I go back to, um, to, um, to uh, Gary, like so the question with the purple belt is like, you got to also select, a gym that has those parameters for you, you that they're, they're similar training partners for the brackets you're going to be in. Um, so if you could find all three of those, lastly, listen, if you're a competitor, um, you know, how did these guys train back in the days in Brazil? Then you don't need environment. You're there for a reason. You're there to get like significantly better. You're reading reaction speed. Um, we addressed the, the the issue with the instructor. Like, is he opening your eyes up to different dimensions? Hopefully he is because, you know, you if you're looking to compete at a high level and you're purple above, you want to find all those things. Yeah. yeah. Well said. I know that, you know, we've talked about this a little bit too. Um, 
if you don't feel comfortable, especially, you know, that was uh, there's a woman asking this question. If you don't mm-hmm. feel comfortable in a gym, find yeah. another gym. You know, you should be, you know, take that. I don't know if, you know, everybody does it, but I mean, down here, it's everybody does a free week, you know, come in, check out the classes. Uh, you can, you know, come all five, six, seven days, whatever you need. If you don't feel comfortable, you might be in the wrong gym. For a woman, I do think that it's important, especially again after the events of the last few years, that you find a gym with a heavy female presence. Uh, I think that it's it's smart for women, for children, for girls to find a gym that that does have that female presence. That's one of his um, parameters. Yeah, find uh, find what yeah. like for you. You got to find the same people as you. Yeah, yeah. I, again, we we preach it. We shout it from the rooftops here that you know. It, I think, uh, you know, I guess, you know, I've been in for, you know, seven of my not going on nine years at a gym where it's a husband and wife team. So we've always had that female presence. We had more uh, female coaches, even in the adult classes for a long time. Um, Flo, even Janet would help out, you know, so we, I've you know kind of grown Janet. in that environment where I've seen that. And I think that that usually may, again, we have uh, on the average day, we have more women in our class than men in the adults classes. Uh, we sometimes they split off and there's, there's a room, they go to a different, uh, we've got like a kind of a whole area where there's just a big, nice training room. What would be most gyms like full training mat? Yeah. Um, they go into that room and, um, and sometimes we're together. Uh, and even when we're together, uh, we kind of split the mat and the girls roll with the girls. And then if the girls want to roll with the guys, it's kind of up to them. But, and that would, that was pre all the drama, but, very much since then, you know, we really, again, are preaching, find a, a school with a heavy female presence. And, you know, again, especially if you have kids that you want to put into a, to a class, I think it's real hard to drop your 12 year old daughter off at a, at a school where it's just men. Uh, that's, that's a, a, that's strange for her. And it's probably not the best idea for the parent. Well, well I, um, I will interject that because um, there's something I do want to say if the instructor is like really hands-on presence and understands um, understands the skill level of the room, mm-hmm. the, the body, like obviously you can see the body sizes, but understands like the inner role of that person, he can make it very good for that lady mm-hmm. or that the female that comes in. But that instructor has to pay really high level attention and he should. Because if a young lady's coming into the room and she has some experience, but it's a dom of males, like you got to pair her with the right people. And then you also have to pair with people that understand that, hey, you know, I go back to the saying, it's like when I say it's a game, it's a game. And if you understand it's a game, you have to understand like the person there's a when there's so much of a strength disparity, hypothetically, between a man and a woman, not always, but in sometimes you're that the, the gentleman that that's rolling with the female understand how to play the game. Like it's not about strength. It's about manipulation of, of joints and angles and like, because then it becomes a game. And so you can, if you can't find a school, hopefully that that's, has a heavy uh, presence of women, hopefully you can find an instructor that is super hands-on and interview them yeah. for the anyone, females out there, interview them. Like, how does he run the class? audit the class, like um, take the class one time because most instructors, uh, Miguel uh, made a great example about his instructor earlier. A lot of instructors don't do that, Miguel, where they'll show uh, that hypothetically they're teaching a no class, 
But they also explain like, hey, guys, if the guy has a lapel on, I mean, if he has a top on, these are the different changes or these are the different grips. or this is something you shouldn't do. So um, potentially a young lady could find a great spot. Um, okay, that that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Did you? I thought you had follow up. I thought you were no, nah, man. That's yeah. that, that's right on the head. I mean, yeah. I feel comfortable at my gym. I, yeah. I could drop my kids off there. Yeah, you know yeah. when I, I love my when my coach. You know when we're gonna. Uh, I've also uh, drill spent. Or... I, I'm just sorry. Yeah. Uh, I've also spent personal time with the people who teach at my yeah. gym. Even even the blue belts that teach. I've I've gone to social events with them. Uh, we've watched fights together. So not in terms of like, hey, I'm gonna do this to vet them. But yeah. through through creating a friendship and a relationship with jujitsu, I've yeah. I vetted them yeah. essentially. So, yeah, I like when my coach when we're gonna drill or we're gonna spar. He'll say, he makes a point to say this now more than ever. He says because we have a lot of big guys. He says grab somebody that may like. Okay, we're ready to drill. Grab somebody that makes sense. Yeah. When he sees the you know 150 pound yeah. white belt, he'll stop with it. the you know with me. I, I think for me, he he'll know that I, I'm gonna, you know, I jokingly say like I'll be gentle. I'll tell I'll be gentle. I uh, he'll be like, hey, first day. He knows that like I also I do like to you know teach, not coach, but I'm gonna teach and I'm gonna do a little jujitsu 101 when it's a brand new person. But again, you know, he's not gonna let the 150 pound white belt that's been there for maybe a month roll with the purple belt. That's you know. How about, Close to twice his weight. He 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 knows it, and he moves people around. He'll be like, "No, no, come here. yeah, come here, go go over here." When <laughs> go you get over here, when you get the white on white, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> dude, that gets epic. We have we do have a, we have a lot of big guys in my gym. I'm I'm over two thirty, and we have guys that are heavier than me, and um, a lot of them are white belts, and I a lot of them they're more in, they're still in the mindset where I'm I want to win and I want to win practice. Versus like really, really understanding like they haven't they're not they haven't learned to leave the ego at the door. I definitely think that's something that takes a little time. And uh, those guys, they, they just want to win. They want to win drilling and they want to win, you know, the, the actual. I think you, know, you got to We talk about this so much, man. I yeah. just think it's a phase you have to go through. It's, yeah. it's part of the journey. And it's I think it's a part of the journey that everybody gets to experience. Do you agree with that, Professor? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Doesn't matter, dude. Yeah. How many how many people have we had yeah. on here? Yeah. Say like, if you got to say something to a white belt, what is it? They're like, take it easy. Yeah. I think I think <laughs> I'm waiting for the instructor that we asked that question to, and go, just be a fucking white belt because you're gonna do whatever you're gonna want to do. Miguel's yeah. the guy that says, no, I smash all the white belts. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> we were joking before. He wants to be known. He wants to be known as the guy that smashes well, all the new okay. white belts. So I was telling him earlier today. So there's this guy named Tom. Right. A great guy. His whole family are killers. This whole his kid. I've, I've probably been submitted by his whole entire family, even like his eight year old kid. Uh, and and um, but he was the first guy I ever rolled with. And I got I've always done, you know, I did wrestling. I did combatives in the military. I love one on one sports. I like super competitive with the dumbest shit. It doesn't matter what it is. Uh, and so my I put my daughter in it. And then, you know, I was sitting there watching and I was like, well, I'm just here. I might as well just, it was maybe even a subconscious thing to do because I did want to do it. I yeah. don't know. And so anyways, I started doing it. First guy I roll with is Tom. Tom is a black belt judoko. At the time, he's brown belt. Uh, but I mean, he's like tough. Brazilian, he's old a, school, He was a brown belt under, under Cyborg as well. His he middle, name's, brown belt under his middle name's Hammer, right? So anyways, <laughs> he's my first live role ever uh, at that school. And, um, he obviously 
smashes past my guard, no problem. Gets inside control, and he's just riding me, right? And then he's whispering in my ear. He's like, fight. Fight for your life. <laughs> fight. And I'm dude, I'm 30-something years old. I'm a grown man. And, like, I didn't get offended one bit. I was like, man, he's right. I was like, that's it. I'm coming back. Like, yeah. And you fell in love with it. Yeah. And, well, I've always loved <laughs> yeah. combat sports. My my wrestling coach used to show us UFC stuff and talk about the UFC and even potentially joining it because he was a young wrestler, young grappler. Um, in the military, you know, we got taught the Gracie Combatives Jiu-Jitsu mm-hmm. program, and I learned it at Fort Bragg. I learned it in Missouri during Sapper School. And, and um, you know, you get out. I've Like you, man, my, my stepdad at the time, he was the super for the for the community that we lived in the the apartments. So we had to hook up with the Adelphia guy. So we had the black box. We watched <laughs> cable, <laughs> the cable guy. You know what I'm saying we watched we watched the Showtime, the HBO home box office. Yeah. Baby. We watched all the fights, all the Tyson fights. I grew up always. Yeah, I, around. I, I came to America when when the Gulf War was happening. So the first thing I saw in America was just like, what? Like, if we don't like somebody, we just go over there. Okay. You know, like, I just like, I've always been into it. All right, professor, we got, uh, we've been, uh, we've been on for about an hour and 50. We don't want to keep you all night. We have a little segment at the end of the episode. We call it the drill down. down. These are some of the common questions that we get from a lot of people. So we've kind of put this together over time. By any chance, are you a fan of the walking dead? Are you uh, like a man? I was up until uh, about season five, but I I love those zombie things. Yeah. I love them. all those apocalypse movies. And yeah. So I I, I came up with this concept when we first started. Probably we were probably a few episodes in, and I had just started watching. Okay. Uh, I, like it was years after it had, it had aired, and I just started watching. And you know, he would ask everybody three questions. The main character, I forget his name. Right. He'd ask everybody three questions, like how many people have you killed. Uh, how many zombies have you killed? How many humans have you killed? And, and why? This is where this came from. So we, I started to ask a few of the same questions of everybody, and it's become the drill down. So okay. uh, I think this one's obvious, but I'm going to ask it anyway. What's your preference, ghee or no ghee? No ghee. Yeah. All right. Takedown or pull guard? Takedown. Okay. Now I like, then we get into some of the fun ones. Music during rolling, yes or no? I blast it. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. What the, what's the go-to okay. what what you when you're controlling that dial or the 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 the, the iPhone or the what do we call it and iTunes? It, and, and what are you listening to? Is there a, a difference? DJ. Man, I I put on such a wide range of stuff from DMX to Led Zeppelin to Tina Turner. I oh yeah, I literally I go to Michael Jackson and All I right. go to Drake and yeah, I you know what because. Yeah, earlier I told you like there's so many people there's a hundred people so I just try to mix it up and I try to throw a little bit of everything stuff that has a cool beat I care yeah. more about yeah. beat sometimes I don't pay really attention to the words um, yeah, yeah. Who's, do you get you guys I think we mentioned it is it the Chrome the Chromax the Chromax yeah. is, is that guy a good yeah. Arlie Flanagan he trains with you guys right he's been there for yeah, a really long time did. right yeah he's a good guy yeah yeah I actually saw him last week and I think I think he's, I forgot where overseas, I think right now opening for, I think the Misfits or some band. Misfits? 
I think that's who's <laughs> old school. Miguel old can school, talk huh? that 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 genre right. of music. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, I was the guy. Yeah. If it's if it's misfits, it's probably like misfits, black flag, and <laughs> I don't want to mess. It. He sent me who, yeah. and I I totally forgot. Like I sorry about that. Hall. No, no, no. no that's I mean, cool. it, that's a very particular type of music when you're talking about yeah. the Chromags. I thought you might not, like you know we we go because was, is that really again I don't know it is it what? really like hard. Rock is it's it like more it's metal? like yeah it's like metal punk yeah but okay. yeah it, more like old school punk yeah, like punk like remote yeah. Ramones okay. and Harley actually came out with a gi and a rash guard and shorts so I have all of them nice so, yeah. Yeah, he actually came out a book too I think yeah. did he do something with Epic was was it Epic Roll do you does that name sound familiar no what from I'm Matt sure. he did he I think he did the Chromax okay I think like uh, Matt, Matt at Epic Roll I think he did the Chromax uh, gi I'm almost yeah. positive I can't don't quote me. Mm-hmm. All right, so now are you a a, a consumer, I, I use the word consumer, of MMA and jiu-jitsu? Are you somebody that's watching the WNOs, you're watching the IBJJFs? I mean, I watched 12 hours of the ADCC on that Sunday, that whole day. Brazil. Are you somebody who's watching every chance they get when you're outside of the gym? No. No? no, you're no, no, no. the accountant that leaves the numbers at the office. That's you. You're, I don't, you don't, you're not doing it outside. I will watch uh, certain players. I'll watch certain matches, but it's watch certain players that I'm a fan of. Yeah. Who are those? Who are your favorite competitors to watch? I, I, obviously I love Gordon. Um, I love Gary Tonin. I love the Rotolo brothers. Um, I was super impressed with, um, I love actually Greg Jones. Um, Greg Jones is so good. I, I'm. I think the best player to ever play the game was Hafa Mendez. So I know he doesn't compete anymore, but I still Hoffa. watch his stuff. Yeah. Uh, I just think that if you yeah. if you made him 220 pounds, like people don't understand how deep the sequences go in the passing yeah. and stuff. And no disrespect to um, the those that are considered high level. There's, and a, lot, there's, there's a lot of goats. Yeah. There's. And if you watch them, they, you know, they'll attempt three sequences and then pause. They don't understand the, how deep the sequences go. And with the positions of the hands and knees, it's so, so much going on that if you increase this man's size to 220, yeah, you're and, just a yeah, different level. And different undoubtedly level. one of the sexiest moves in jujitsu only when, they do it, and somebody from an AOJ school is that long step pass. Oh, I it know. looks so beautiful! It like it's, just it's ple- you could not know anything about jujitsu, and if somebody just shows you that white room, the black mat, I mean the white mats, white gi, black long sleeve, everything underneath it, <laughs> and just like that clean long step pass, you just show that like as a gift to somebody. They'd be like, "That's dope." AOJ, yeah. You would know it right oh, away. Oh, you too. know, you could tell when somebody watches the YouTube video and then does it at your gym. You're like, oh, okay, you want to be Colabate <laughs> over here. What is, uh, Professor, what is your ultimate goal in the world of, of Jiu Jitsu? Um, I, I just wanted to affect one person in a positive way. Um, I said earlier about what BJJ means to me internally. Um, and if I could keep changing one person or helping one person have a better day, that's really my goal. Yeah. I don't, I don't seek, not, I'm not a rich guy in any manner, uh, but I don't seek money. Um, I'm thankful that I'm comfortable. Um, and I just want to keep spreading BJJ and, the, and what it does to people. And it's like, I've seen it so many from addicts to uh, 
people that have been abused in different manners from physically to sexually and what it does to them, it gives them like, you know, what I described earlier, it gives them this happy pill. Um, so if I can continue to try to help people, it's what I want to do for the time I'm here. You know, I, I don't, I don't know if you necessarily realize it. Like you're, uh, I don't know how many people outside of your, your circle and, and, and the people that you train, uh, I don't know how many or, or comments that you're getting from people that are watching your stuff. Um, where do you see the happy pill going? Do you see, do you see that always just being this, or do you see that? I, I'm going to tell you from what I'm seeing as somebody, I get we're content creators. I'm seeing that you're, you're, you have the beginnings of something that's really incredible here. I, I would like to, if I could uh, bring it to a point of doing retreats and seminars, but not just do them for BJ, like BJJ, do them deeper. Mm-hmm. So that, um, that we have like um, some life coaches, like do like a, a larger gathering. That we can affect people like, um, and we could do stuff for holistic medicine for, um, for meditation. There's a lot of other things uh, that I, I would like to do. And those retreats, um, that's where I would like it to go. Eventually continue the stuff for the happy pill. Um, also be able to, uh, I wanted to do it this year, but I thought about it too late. I wanted to try to do like a, a, like a sponsorship for two people anywhere in the United States, go to the world's, I'll pay for it. Uh, pay um, the registration, the hotel, everything. But they, they just, for two minutes or a minute and a half, give a testimonial on how BJJ changed their life and like when a po- what positive thing or what does it mean? Like, and then a winner be selected from those two. But I, I thought about it too late, but those are the type of things I would love to do. Sponsor people so that they could compete. Uh, I don't care too much. I know that the business would have to make money in order to do these things, but that's not my goal. It's just yeah. to see if I could try to help people. And I love BJ. When, when you're putting out the content that you're putting out, and I, you know, again, I don't know if people, if you're being approached yet, but um, you know, sponsors and money will come. It, it, it will just come naturally. People will say, Hey, would you like to work together? Would you like to do something together? And I think those things happen, especially when you're putting out good content, it doesn't Thank necessarily you. have to be forced. And, and again, I, I, I think what you're doing is amazing. I, again, I'm, I love the content. I'm, I'm extremely happy when it's popping up in, in my feed now more and more. Um, Thank you. And you know, Damn. we, uh, when we started, I almost felt like I was on your podcast. You asked us a lot of questions is that something that you've ever thought about? You mentioned something with John, with Danaher before, but is it something that you think you would do under this happy pill umbrella? That's not something I get, I've given any thought to. Mm-hmm. I'd be open to it if yeah. it could somehow help people yeah. um, and spread what BJJ So like I told you guys, I appreciate you guys doing this. Like Thank people, you. you know what you get, you look at BJJ and it looks like this, like two guys like battling and it looks like it hurts and it's like, and then you, and, and if you could just get them to come through the door, and I said earlier about the environment, if you can create this environment, they come through the door and they just try it and, and like you're there for them and you're almost like coddling them, bringing them along and like, and if they fall in love with it, it just changes their life. Yeah. Uh, you got to create that environment. Um, it, it, that's where I'd like it to go is to like keep opening the doors for people to try it, not be intimidated by it, like come in and, um, and feel what it, it does to people. It's just amazing. Makes you not yeah. want to leave, man. 
I know, right? Miguel makes you want to leave. Yeah. yeah, my wife says that I could live on a mat 24 hours a day. I'll tell you how awesome she is. She lets me have my rollout mat in the middle of the living room. And yeah. she used to have me roll it up and stick it back in the corner. But I live with a rollout mat in the living yeah. room. Dude, uh, because, un- yeah, unsolicited. Unsolicited. Completely unsolicited. I get a text message from my wife that says, hey, babe, if if all these things kind of go this way, would you would you ever consider opening up a gym? Not teaching, but just like opening up a gym, you know, hiring a black belt and have that be a business. And then now you just have a gym to train at, you know, when you're older. Yeah. And I was, like, I was like, dope. <laughs> my, my coach opened his first gym at White Belt. Yeah. Wow. He but, it makes, that white but it makes total belt. sense. You got to meet this guy. Yeah. If, if you met him, you would like <laughs> somebody told so him sense. like, you could never own a gym. You couldn't start a gym at White Belt. And he was like, oh yeah. Yeah. And he went and did it. And yeah, yeah. but his drive and the, I'll, I'll say my, my children trained under Felipe and it's not discrediting anybody because there's, there's a ton of ways to skin a cat, but man, the way he teaches the kids how funny keeps it, but also so he's so serious, dude. No, no kids are talking. No, he's like, He's like, I don't know. I don't even know how to explain it. He just like knows. He straddles that line. He's got a fun and and it's it's not luck. He has a written down system of how he does this. And I could just tell, man, it's just from years of experience and he's got a knack for it and he loves the sport, even though sometimes it seems bitter. But like one of the things (laughs) that I love is when I show up to train, he's he's doing the kids class. And believe it or not, he always has a talk with them at the end. It's usually a few minutes. Yeah. Uh, maybe a parent has come in and is having a problem with the kids. So yeah, he'll address everybody so that, you know, maybe that one kid is hearing, maybe somebody had a fight, bad grades. He has these chats, but a lot of times it could be, he could be talking to the adults too. You know, the problem, the way you're going about something, yeah. um, not getting the training enough, that little guy that's on your shoulder, man, like you could train tomorrow. Like it, it's, he's, it's he's, relevant for all ages. And I, I really do like, when I come, sometimes I'm smiling and I'm looking yeah. at the guys and I go, he's talking about you. Yeah. <laughs> he's talking about you. Right he's now. told me to shut up before on the bleachers. Yeah. He's called, he's made an example out of me on the bleachers. Yep. I'm like, I'm just here for the kids class, bro. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so professor, we've got one last question for you. I'm going to let me go okay, do the so- honors. I, we know that you're a nogi guy, but. Do you or do you not wash your jujitsu belt? I have never. No, I don't. Okay. Ne- you just about to say never. You've never washed any of your jujitsu belts? My jujitsu, oh. not the black belt that I received from Johnny. Okay. The yeah. other belts, yes, you did when you were a lower belt. You'd wash Yeah, okay. I did. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I could, I could respect that, but I just wouldn't wear that belt. But I don't know if you know this. There's a, a big community. There's a, I'll say a big community. There's a lot of people on each side There's of that. A divide. We did it as There's fun a divide and, in jujitsu. Yeah, one of my co-hosts, uh, we used to argue about it. Like he's like, I don't wash my belt. You're not supposed. More of an old school guy. He was a black belt his when I was is, a purple belt. His name is Jimmy. and I would be like, I wash my belt after every session. I throw it in with my gi, and he's like, You're not supposed to do that. You can't do that. Why would you do that? Yeah. And we so that argument turned into us having a little fun with it on the show. Everybody, there's a different answer from everybody. Some people yeah. get a little angry about it. Like, there's no, you no. shouldn't do that. The juju. It's, yeah, you're, sh- you're, you're, uh, it's fading and it makes it look and... like you trained more. And I was like, but I'm going to buy a new one when it fades too much or it yeah. rips apart. Right. So, now I got to buy Believe it or not, there's a community out here that actually they get into it. One of the most commented videos that you'll see, like, if you put, I've, I've actually shown like, uh, Mike, putting Mike my just posted. Gi- yeah, I know. Yeah. 
putting your belt inside of the washing machine, watch how many comments that gets on a video. Yeah. It's so crazy silly. how yeah. divisive, the silliest of issues, but how divisive it is. That's that's the equivalent <laughs> of stirring the pot, man. And you don't even have to comment. The comments will comment on the comments. Like they're fighting. They're like, oh, creon, the They get into it, bro. Because you wash your belt. It's a big thing recently with Henzo about which side you tie your belt on in the loops. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and like what side the. The, the stripe, stripe should, yeah. should lie. Yeah. So it's supposed to be on the no on no the you left. go you go you go. It should be on the left. Left Is lapel, left? left lapel over mm-hmm. right lapel. Yeah, yeah, but the right, belt, but the belt. And then when you tie, I think it stripes to the right. I because it's oh, we, no left left. It's you're right, to the right, left. To it's the to left. the left. Yeah, you're right. It's still, because it's the opposite side. It's the same side as your sword right. or something like that. Do you have Do you have a, an answer to that, Professor? I do keep it on the left, but I think in Henzo's post, he said there was never an etiquette outlined. I think. I okay. think. I have yeah. seen this. What, what Miguel said, I've yeah. seen or heard people say, explain that that it was. Uh, it's like from the, samurai it, culture. Not, yeah. Yeah. It's just like you're, I think the, not just your sword, but right. If you lost your sword in battle, like then you have a sword. The katana. The oh, if you knife. lose your katana, you have the smaller one, the one yeah. you commit suicide with. So, but I, that, that's what we've, that's what we've that's heard. Who knows? I would love to hear it from from uh, yeah, from Enzo. I have one question. You know the line, yeah. Milton. When then uh, you've probably heard when people like were coming up, they're like, "I heard BJJ is really tough. Like, what if a guy pulls a knife?" And I'd always say. Run, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My, you know what? My wife says that to Run this day. Food. We're Run. in. Um, I say this to her a lot because, you know, we're in Florida and yeah. it's a, you know, concealed carry state. Um, I call it the Wild West down here. Everybody's, you know, Everybody, I've had people at work packing. that you don't even expect to be like, yeah, look. And they pull up there. They got, you know, they've got a, a, a piece in, the, in their belt. And, um, you know, I tell my wife all the time, I, you know, she'll be like, but you do jujitsu. I go, yeah, but I'm not bulletproof. Yeah. So I, I, I started to carry, the, you know, in the... Yeah maybe five years ago. <laughs> oh, not because I wanted really actually like I got my, uh, I did the class I that you have to go me. to around the Parkland shooting down here. Uh, I yeah. lived one town over from the park okay. from Parkland. My niece and nephew would have gone to that school if they weren't enrolled in private school. At least my niece would have still been in school and, uh, their neighbor, uh, across the street from my sister, my sister's neighbor. Uh, the daughter was in one of the, the classrooms. She actually wound up committing suicide later, um, you know, lots of prob- family problems and problems from from the shooting, so it definitely affected us, uh, you know, the community. But I, you know, I started carrying because of that. I don't want to carry. I grew up with a. My dad was a cop. I never touched a gun until I came to Florida. My first coach took me shooting, but never had a gun. Never wanted a gun. It was never even a thought in my mind. But for my wife, I tell her I'm not bulletproof. You know, so, and you know, jujitsu is not bulletproof. So Mm-mm. same thing, like walk the other way. I get into very few confrontations with anyone. I'm always smiling. There's a problem over there. I'm over there, you know, but yeah. um, I carry because I have to, but, you know. Run yeah. foo. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. Run foo. Yes. <laughs> run <laughs> right. run yeah. foo. Knowing how to and, do it. And, and if they're chasing it. you, it goes into gun foo. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> valuable <laughs> knowing how to do it and when to do it. Hey, what, you, was, what was your question? Qu- Bo had a question. I did. Yeah. Well, what is hold it? On, hold on one second. Oh. Professor, you were going to say something? No, no. I was about to say the other one that they tell you is, 
what if 12 people run at you? <laughs> well, you're probably going to get beat up. Yeah, try, 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 <laughs> and, try and make friends. Steven Seagal in the movies. Yeah, yeah. You know what I think will work just from ingrained childhood? Just go time out real quick and that should buy you enough time because they'll freeze. Wait, 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 guys. Time time out. Out. And then just run. You got any naked pictures yeah. of your girlfriend? You want some? Want some? <laughs> no. Bo, did you have a question? Or were you going to say uh, yes, something? Yes, I wanted to ask, what high school did you go to? John Bound. Dude, yeah. I we know each you're other 53. from when we were younger. You're 53? Yeah. And your yeah. and professor no, is 53. 55. Oh, you're 55, so you would have been a little older way. John Bound, but no, I, I half of my friends went to John Bound. I went to Holy Cross. I went oh, to okay. Yeah, um PS22, uh junior high school 189. I was in Flushing. But I was like you probably you yeah. might have beat me up yeah. a few yeah. times. We know each they other. went to the no, same karate school. We know each other from where Mill, you have to say to him right now, right? <laughs> so he'll know what I mean when you say this. So you hung out on Franny Lou? Yes. <laughs> yes. Hundred percent. He's got a headset on. He can hear you. Yeah. He well, years ago, Milton, yeah. where Holy Cross is, there, it's a boulevard called uh, Francis Lewis yeah, Boulevard. Francis Lewis, that was and, our strip. Yeah, and kids would hang out there all night and ride up and down the strip and like double. We used park. to hang out but, by Carvel. Yeah, do you remember the accident that happened yeah, there? And then yeah, a, lot, they, they, a number of there was yeah, a, no the gentleman. Shit. There was a a gentleman that lived on Francis Lewis and just got tired of it, so he came out and he poured oil yes, all on the street. That. And this kid came down with his car, lost control, went right. I think it was a a tree and died. And oh, then man, they went down like totally like you you just couldn't hang out there anymore. Oh, wow. they, yeah, they started to come down on everybody. But yeah, that was so, our strip. That Bo, was you know so many of our guests or have been in some oh. type of their orbit, <laughs> yeah. and we still can't get him on the mat. Yeah. I, I, I have a feeling 2023 is the year. We're going to get Bo. I told Bo way back, I said, I want him to be my first blue. Or I said, I want you to be my first white belt, but I would love for you to train with us. And you're far away, but we come here so much. We got to like bring some mats, start showing him some, some basics. In a short 10 years, you'd even have a cool nickname. You could be like, oh, that's Black Bell Bo. (laughs) (laughs) Triple B, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Professor, listen, thank you. I I really, truly mean this. I know I say this. Thank you so much. much. We had a ball. Thank you for doing this again. Thank don't you. hang up because we're going to come take some pictures, but we sure. very much appreciate you. Uh, I, I love what you guys are doing with the Happy Pill Project. Anything Thank that we could much. do to help, repost, tag us, please. We'd be happy to, to help. Yeah. We'll put this out. It's usually about seven to 10 days after we record. We'll put it out. So be in a couple of weeks. I'll tag you. I'll let you know. I'll send you a text. Um, we'll also, like after that, a few weeks after that, we cut a lot of little promo videos and we start putting those out as well. So there'll be lots thank of little you. stuff that we can share and we'll tag in. But again, thank you so much. Yep, appreciate you. Thank you. It was so excited for this episode. Thank you so much. Yeah, hold on. Uh, do you got anybody you got a shout out or oh, anything yeah, like that? Any... Have a second. I'm sorry. And, like any sponsors or anybody? Any shout outs? Anybody you want to mention that we haven't already? No, no, guys. No, no, I appreciate. I mean, I, the only thing I'd like to say is if you're visiting New York, uh, please come and take the class at Henzo Gracie. It's really welcoming. Um, and I'd love to have you introduce yourself. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, it's a All great right. environment. And you can tell me the level you are. I don't let anybody get beat up. If you tell me yeah. you're a blue belt, I'll pay you with the right people. But I'm very protective of people to visit. So right. never feel intimidated if you're visiting New York. Uh, please stop by Henzo Gracie Academy. It's the headquarters mecca it's the the blue basement we know it we know it man yeah yeah thank you so much again don't hang up but we appreciate you we'll talk to you soon 
Thank you to Neutral Zone CBD, a combat family-owned company that supports athletes and the people who love them. Neutral Zone strives to deliver clean CBD products for sports recovery in gummies, lotions, balms, roll-ons, and more. After a competition, a hard rolling session, or a tough day on the job, Neutral Zone has a product designed to help you reduce inflammation, increase cell rejuvenation, and may even help with aging joints. Visit NeutralZoneCBD.com and get 25% off your order with code JJD. And follow them on Instagram too, at MyNeutralZone. Jiu-Jitsu's favorite monthly subscription box has now joined the Jiu-Jitsu Dummies podcast. The BJJ box is delivered to your door filled with premium jiu-jitsu and grappling apparel, equipment, supplements, supplies, snacks, and more. The crew at the BJJ box find the best in the world of jiu-jitsu and guarantee every box to be worth more than the cost. Each box includes four to seven items you're going to love. Visit thebjjbox.com and use code JJD10 to get $10 off your very first box. And give them a follow on Instagram at thebjjbox. Neutral Zone is combat family owned, so they know you need to keep yourself and your equipment clean. They created Neutral Zone Clean Wipes and Sprays for just that purpose. Neutral Zone products are formulated to reduce the risk of bacterial and fungal infections. Whatever's making you sweat, weight training, rolling on the mats, yard work, or just working around the house, Neutral Zone Clean Wipes and Sprays can make you feel and smell refreshed. Use code JJD to get 15% off your online order at NeutralZoneClean.com. While you're there, sign up for their newsletter to receive the latest info and updates on product launches like their new shower gel and soap bar coming soon. Are you neutral zone clean? Special thank you to the crew over at Flow and Roll for all their support. Flow and Roll is renowned for their incredible nogi rash guards, shorts, and leggings. Flow and Roll has quickly become the premier custom apparel provider for academies big and small throughout the United States. Reach out today to discuss your custom order and ask about their incredible pre-order program. You can send an email to flowenroll at gmail.com or visit their Instagram at flow underscore n underscore roll and shoot them a direct message. And yes, they can create an awesome custom gi for your academy as well. Visit flowenroll.com to check out their awesome designs and while you're there, pick up a Jiu-Jitsu Dummy signature tee exclusively at flowenroll.com. And remember, you'll get 20% off your purchase of t-shirts, rash guards, or gis with code JJD. Very that was cool. cool. What'd that you was, think? Yeah, that was dope. Right? Awesome. Yeah. Right? We always have good guests. He's just yeah. another great guest. He's an um, amazing, uh, an amazing mind. The, uh, you know, just be, the way that he looks at jujitsu. Right. Approach, we said yeah. that about other guests, but if you watch his stuff and yeah. you see like how detail oriented he is with everything, yeah, more than probably anyone that I've seen online or in tutorial next to Danaher, like right, he was Johnny Zuki. Come on. Right, to I see mean, him the way he, it, it's, he is, uh, could you imagine? her esque. Like, and I mean that in the, in the best sense. He's got that he, didn't, he didn't talk so. about it, but like, have you heard Danaher like explaining a move when he's on top of somebody? He's there for like 20 minutes. <laughs> so could you imagine how many of those 20 minutes he's Can been there just like, like with the little, with the arm little pad? <laughs> he's just got his arm up. Like, now, now take a look at the position of his wrist. <laughs> you see how it's slightly cocked? He has no leverage in this direction. You know, like. <laughs> Great Dan Heron impression. Analytic. Thank yeah. you. Uh, All right. So, thank you, Milton Cass. And, and, um, and, and of course, I, I end up having grown up. Like, dude, you guys possibly, were karate buddies. 
if that's not the universe telling you something I as far know. as like you got to train black belt oh. i think 20 20 23 I is have your to say is your this time. i am really attracted to krav oh, maga oh Krav Maga. I I've say been me. watching Krav Maga videos, yeah. and I'm really attracted to Krav Maga. Films. I like sci-fi movies I too. Really do. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll have that conversation uh, off camera. That's a clip, by the way. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Mark the time. <laughs> so, the time. Thank you, everybody, for watching and listening today. Uh, don't forget, if you purchase anything from any of our sponsors that we've mentioned today. Send a proof of purchase. Send us your receipt via yep. Instagram at Jiu-Jitsu Dummies, mm -hmm. and uh, we're going to enter you into our or, giveaway, uh, our two hundred and fifty dollars giveaway. At Jiu -Jitsu Dummies. Our excuse me. Or info at Jiu-Jitsu. They can also send it to info yeah. at Jiu-Jitsu Dummies dot com. DM it to me uh, again, or instant message whatever. on Instagram, and uh, yeah, you'll win up to two hundred and fifty dollars worth of Jiu-Jitsu swag, and swag. that will include our. Nogi kit, our peace, love, peace, love jujitsu, yeah, rash guard, and Nogi shorts. I am Uncle Milty on Instagram. Uncle Milty BJJ, BJJ on Instagram. Oh, I thought it might have been Uncle Milty race car driver. On. No, no, let's start that up. <laughs> uh, at Uncle Milty BJJ on Instagram. JJD underscore DJJ sixty nine. at B A D W E R K S. Bad works. Bad right. works. Hey, Amen. From Flushing, New York. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for watching and listening, everybody. Thank you, everybody. Peace, Peace love, jujitsu. Jiu oh, oh, I was gonna go. Uh. <laughs> <laughs>